Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five and this, the month of May in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is uh, Thursday morning. Welcome to day 12. Thank you for coming along. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. I am he. Uh, thank you for uh, coming along with us today. It is 503-228-4100. 503-228-4101 and uh, telephone number uh, for those who are outside the Portland metro area is 1-800-344-KUFO 1-800-344-KUFO you can also email if you like it is rick at rickemerson.com rick at rickemerson.com sarah with an h at kufo.com tim at kufo.com or nibbler at kufo.com uh, before we do anything else I should say that even though I made the same statement 24 hours ago, it's actually true now. Uh, Todd Phillips, who is the director of The Hangover, is going to join us later on today. Also, Allison Lohman from Drag Me to Hell, which I had the chance to see Tuesday, and then I didn't. That's a whole thing. And I meant to see it so that I could sort of speak knowledgeably uh, with her about it. But now I'm going to be relatable because I'll be addressing the film on the same level that everybody else is, uh, which is just somebody who saw the preview and thinks it looks righteous. Um... And Don Taylor saw it to give it a massive thumbs up, as did, uh, I think I can say this. I never know if the, the reviews are sort of embargoed, if I'm up. Because sometimes a critic goes to see a film, and they're not allowed to talk about it until, like, Thursday or Friday, or the day the movie opens or whatever. There's, there's some sort of a restriction you got to sign, so you're not going to go online and immediately spill your review to, to Harry Knowles or somebody. Um, but I think I can pass it along secondhand. So Mike Russell from The Oregonian said it's fantastic. Uh, so that is Drag Me to Hell, the new Sam Raimi film, which opens tomorrow. Uh, Allison Lohman, we'll talk to her later on today. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week will join us today. And Don Rawich, uh, who is the creator of Oregon Trail, the video game. Uh, plus a copy of the new Chuck Palahniuk book, Pick Me. We will give that away at some point today as well. Uh, speaking of films, uh, I'm just going to say this. Because there's really nothing I can say beyond this. This statement sort of just stands on its own. So I watched Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus last night, and it's the best thing that's ever been filmed. There's no movie in the history of Western civilization that's as good as Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, and that's not just because of the presence of Lorenzo Lamas. I mean, normally that would be enough. It's it's all things coming together. It's the Mega Shark. It's the Giant Octopus. It's Lorenzo Lamas. It's the terrible special effects. It's Deborah Gibson, and it's the obligatory sequence of a guy saying, "But now it appears." That science has gone too far. Which is awesome. Which I never get tired of. That's a thing that's in every 1950s science fiction film. And I mean, it just it, you could make a drinking game out of movies that came out between 1951 and about 1967. Whether it be, you know, like giant aphids in the Mojave Desert or something. It was laying siege to a small town. And then you get the, uh, then you get the egghead scientist who says... But once that nuclear genie was out of the bottle, it was difficult to put back in. 
Anyway. So you have that uh, along with a sequence where I swear to God, in the space of 10 minutes, the mega shark jumps out of the ocean. And I mean, I knew this was coming because it's in the trailer. And then Don Taylor had talked about it on Tuesday. But it, even knowing that it existed, seeing a shark jump out of the ocean and bite a jet airliner in half. I mean, and I'm, it, was, it was probably 25,000 feet off the ground. But miraculously, the shark, one bite, airliner in half. It was fantastic. And then later on, the giant octopus does the same thing where the sort of, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the tentacle flips up out of the ocean, grabs a jet airliner out of the sky. All you need to know. Other than that, what else is in this movie? I Nothing. guess you don't need anything else. Nothing, Tim. Then what about those two scenes? So the movie would be, what, 30 seconds? Yes. Uh, but, but you know, here's what they do. They You know what it is? It's like a band that has two real big hits. Uh-huh. They put one about 10 minutes in, one right uh, toward the end of the show, and then they encore with, like, a cover or something. Um... Oh, the only other sequence that's really worth noting. I mean, the whole movie's worth watching, but the other great moment is when the... I'm trying to think if it was the mega shark or the giant octopus. I think it's the mega shark. Not that it really matters, but it's charging toward uh, like a, a submarine or a ship or something. And it's like that Independence Day thing where they've launched nuclear weapons at the, uh, at the mothership. And they think they've blown it away, and then the smoke clears. And the guy gets on the phone to Bill Pullman and Robert Loggia, who's ordered a nuclear attack. And the guy says, target remains. Repeat, target remains. Get out of the way. Get out of the way now. <laughs> and I'm they... a fighter pilot. I belong in the air. <laughs> and so they think they've destroyed the thing with the aid of nuclear technology, but then they haven't. So there's a sequence in Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, which I'll never get tired of saying, where they think they have destroyed the shark with a whole series of nuclear-tipped um, torpedoes. And they think it's gone, and there's the whole explosion, and they're you know high-fiving each other. And that's when you know there's trouble, when the crew is congratulating themselves on a job well done. Because then you just hear the ping of the sonar, and it turns out that the mega shark is, in fact, coming back toward the submarine, and it's all pissed off. And they do this, they, what I call the Spielberg shot, which is where the camera just... It's like the camera's on a track, and it immediately just zooms up to the lead character's face like it was going to go up one of his nostrils. And it stops right in front of the lead character's face, and the guy says... It rises. Like, for no reason. Like it's entirely out of character. It doesn't sound like any other dialogue that he has. Just out of the blue, he utters that line like Maya Angelou, and then the shark bites them. That's that's really all I can tell you about that. That sounds magical. Hello, Sarah. How are you today? Hello. Doing well. What'd you do last night? I had 90s movie night with um, the... Hipster. You know yeah. what that wasn't as good as? Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. I don't know. I watched singles back to back with Reality Bites, and I think that's a pretty damn good night. I, I think at this point I would, I think I would rather have my teeth broken up into small pieces with a ball peen hammer than watch Reality Bites. Only because I haven't seen it for a long time. But in the years since that movie was popular, I've grown to just loathe Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo. I'm both of them, just with a white-hot intensity. Winona Ryder, I'm kind of indifferent uh, to, and I've actually I've learned to like Ethan Hawke a lot. Um, uh, see, I, he irritates me. He was the most irritating in the movie. Well, he, he irritates me for a long time for the same reason I think he irritated everybody, because we all just figured he was that guy. Mm. Um, but like everybody else or a lot of other people, what I saw uh, when I saw Before Sunrise, that's really what turned the corner uh, for me with that guy. And then he was in Lord of War, where he was great as well. But I saw Before Sunrise, Lord of War, and then he did Before Sunset. And I and I sort of I, I learned to relax a little bit and just accept him as kind of the poor man's Johnny Depp uh, that he is. But it, but boy, Janine Garofalo, it's like she comes on screen now, and it's like it's like 
when I see her, it's like hearing Randy Rhodes. If only that were possible now. But it's like hearing the voice of Randy Rhodes just sort of screeching away inside my ears. Did it hold up, though? I mean, it's um, a movie? Yeah, it did. I mean, it was it was fun to watch again, especially like back-to-back with singles. But singles is still the better film. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, there's just no getting around that. Yeah. Reality Bites probably seems sort of... Does it seem a little gimmicky at this point? Kind of dated? Um, it's a little irritating. Like, Ethan Hawke's character is a little annoying. I'm just going to smoke character. my camel straights and cherish the moment where laugh turns into a cackle. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, well, Renata Ryder's like throwing herself all over him. It gets a little old. Yeah. And doesn't she save the day at the end by refusing to get a job and just stealing from her parents? Yeah, she steals with the gas card. Well done, Winona Ryder. <laughs> you, you crazy Xers and your theft. Uh, Tim Riley, what is the uh, news today for the people? Well, let me tell you. There's all kinds of things. First, Portland's new budget includes raises for the mayor and the city council. How are they going to pay for that? They're going to raise your utility bills. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, that's great. Uh, the woman involved in the rock-throwing stripping game of the I-5 overpass says it was all her idea. And the guy involved said he didn't know throwing rocks from an overpass was dangerous. <laughs> awesome. A Tacoma store clerk turns the tables on a robber by whacking him with a homemade weapon, a stick with nails in it. <laughs> well done. And get this. Gillette is offering guys tips on shaving the groin. That's like gleaming the cube, but with less cube and more groin. And more shaving and less gleaming. Okay. Well, we'll get underway with all of that straight ahead. The news from Tim Riley is next, ladies and gentlemen. You and your groin, you you keep listening. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey. What? Man, Sarah oh and her Dylan's. On Rock 101, KUFO. Emerson Radio Show. Good morning to you. Coming up this hour in about, uh, I don't know, 25 minutes from now, about 5.50, we will talk to actress Allison Lohman, uh, who is in Drag Me to Hell, the new Sam Raimi film, which is, I think, the first... Somebody says the first horror movie he's made in 15 years, but I don't really know what that means. So so, today, so this is what? This is uh, 2009. So that'll be 1994. What did he make in 1994? That wasn't an army of darkness, was it? Oh, I don't think so. Jesus. Okay, so what... Uh, okay, now i got to look. What was the last horror movie that Sam Raimi made? Let, uh, Googling Sam Raimi. 1990... 1993, Army of Darkness. Okay, so I guess they're counting... Oh, I thought it was earlier than that. It was the 90s? Yeah, it was 1993. Uh, so Evil Dead, 1981. Evil Dead 2, 1987. Army of Darkness, or Medieval Dead, uh, 1993. And then he did... It, sort of a series of non-horror films after that, including uh, what well, he did, Quick of the Dead, and uh, Quick in the Dead, and then he did the Spider-Man films, and A Simple Plan was in there somewhere, too, like in 97, 98. All right. So, Allison Lohman from Drag Me to Hell, and if you haven't seen the trailer for it, uh, you really ought to, because it looks, it looks unbelievably great and effed up. So, uh, we're talking to her about 5.50, and at 6.10, Todd Phillips, uh, who uh, is the director of The Hangover, which opens uh, this weekend as well. Tomorrow, Seth MacFarlane, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies, oh my gosh. Wait, I'm looking at this really quick on IMDb, and it says that he's working on Evil Dead 4. Well, there's a, see, and there's a whole thing about that, because nobody, nobody really seems to know. That project seems to be an endless turnaround and various stages of development that, that, that seem to fluctuate with the day. Because I think, 
as I understand it, the deal with Evil Dead 4 is that there's got to be one more Evil Dead film made for the studio before the rights return to him as the owner of the property. So I think he's got to do, because I think he wants to own the Evil Dead series, or he wants to own the characters, or he wants to have the intellectual property under under his control. But I think he owes the studio one more film using that concept and that name before he can before he retains the ownership rights. Okay. So there's this whole debate about whether or not there's going to be a, a fourth Evil Dead film. And every every you're going to see any sort of like a panel or a Comic Con or anything with Bruce Campbell. It's like the first question out of the gate when he says, "Oh, are there any questions for me, Bruce Campbell?" And immediately there's a forest of hands that go up and say, I have a question. You're going to maybe make Evil Dead 4? Because uh, my friends and I would be buying tickets for that now on Fandango. And then he just sort of slumps imperceptibly and thinks about drinking back at the hotel. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning. It is 522. We're in for several sunny days with highs in the 80s. It's going to be beautiful. The Portland City Council approved a raise for the mayor, city commissioners, and voted to raise your utility bills to pay for this. Well, where is the outrage? Legal bills don't pay for themselves, Tim. That, that is true. Uh, commissioners defend their raises as an issue of fairness. Since union members will get a 3% raise July 1st as part of their contracts, the money will come from a $400 million general fund. Now, this comes as Portland's unemployment rate surpasses the state. At 12.1%. Wait a minute. Am I to understand that we, the city of Portland, just have $400 million sitting around? Isn't, isn't that incredible? Yeah, the general fund. Is that just the break in case of uh, so, Sam uh, Adams needing more money? I, I guess so. Just behind a sort of sheet of glass that just, you know, on the off chance that the... Well, uh, I mean, he's still a good-looking guy. He doesn't have to pay for it. <laughs> and he is the mayor. It depends on how you define pay for it, I mm-hmm. suppose. Uh, in any event, well, that's good to know. At least the city fathers are being taken care of, Tim. That's really what's important in this time of economic crisis. So the second gift from the council, your utility bills are going up. Beginning July 1st, Hooray. water rates go up an average of two seventy-five a month. So and storm water bills will be raised 3 bucks a month. And a nickel and dime you a buck more for trash and recycling pickup. Uh, and uh, to make matters better for you, TriMet will eliminate four bus lines. These are things that apparently people don't ride on. They'll change 20 routes, cutting weekend service on another 15. On the chopping block are the 41, 74, 86, and 153. You're going to have to wait longer for the max. That'll be irritating. And TriMet will be in layoffs at the end of June since they're short $24 million. Why don't they borrow from the city? They have $4 million, $400 million. $24 million doesn't seem like very much, does it? Sam Adams needs a new creative apricot scrub to keep his skin soft Maybe and succulent. Maybe a hair club for men. Yeah, I didn't say that, Tim. You said that. I didn't say that. Um... Hey, here's a question about recycling. So I'm not going to revisit the issue of recycling in my home because I've just given up and I put everything in one big bin. And As you I, should. No, and here's the thing. Because I have a wife uh, who's sort of a closet hippie, I just let her recycle for me. In other words, I just put everything into the trash and I figure if she... And to me, it's a chance for her to demonstrate how much she cares about the earth. Because I just put everything into the trash can and I figure, you know what? She cares. She can prove it by going through and sorting for me. Uh, just not to say that it's woman's work. I'm just saying it's the work of people who care about that sort of well, thing. It's and hippies work. I'm not one of them. That's exactly what it is, Sarah. It is hippies work. So, but I was at Powell's the other day, and you figure Powell's is a good progressive company. You figure that's a that's a group of folks who you know are forward thinking in terms of environmental causes or whatever. But I mean that coffee shop in the Powell's downtown. And they get the weirdest, it's just another one of those things that I don't really care about, but it perplexes me, and I don't like not knowing stuff. The Powell's downtown, if you go to that coffee shop, they have um, 
a bin for recycling your glass and your plastic. In other words, like if you have that, uh, like if you come with like a plastic Starbucks cup or you get like a, like juice, like an Odwalla thing or whatever to get the plastic bottle. There's a thing to put, the uh, thing where you put that and there's a thing that if you have like that, what is that, that Tazo tea or whatever that comes on the glass bottle, there's a thing for your glass bottle. But then all of the paper coffee cups are just going right into the trash. So I thought you were supposed to recycle those as well. Do we no longer recycle paper? I thought we did. See, I thought so too, but why would they have a thing for recycling glass and plastic at Powell's, but then next to it is a trash can overflowing with paper coffee cups because there's nowhere to recycle your paper coffee cup. Then again, there are different degrees of paper. How about like paper with ketchup on it? It's it's hard to find paper with just paper. Exactly. Like you can't, I don't think you can recycle like soiled paper. What do you mean soiled paper? Isn't like, all paper soiled? No, but I mean like if it's if it has coffee on it or like Tim was saying like ketchup or anything. Is that true? So if, so if you're- I would imagine so. What good would it be? So is that like? Wait, so does that mean basically, unless I've just taken a ream of paper out of the supply closet and dumped it directly into the recycling bin, I can't recycle it. So once it's been used for something, it can no longer be recycled. Right. This is too hard. See, this is why I've learned. But, to but just there to... is stuff like that because a lot of times when I print things off, I I forget that the uh, the flaming section is underneath the story, which is like four or five pages more. The flaming section. Oh, the thread. Oh, the yeah. comment board. Yeah. Oh, dude, how many times have you gone to print a story? And either you I didn't know it turned out to be a hundred pages. How can I throw this away without anybody noticing? <laughs> I've I did I've that break the printer this time. I did that one time where I went to I printed out some news uh, story somewhere, and I forget what the article was even about, but it was obviously something that was causing a bit of a conflagration because I you know you know I go to the pull down menu, file, print, okay, and then it says printing page one of. 174. And I thought to myself, that doesn't sound right. What's going on here? And I realized that it was, it was some sort of very um, fervent discussion happening. It was just a bunch of idiots shouting back and forth, going, you know, first, woot, lol. And, you know, but it was just printing. And, and then they start ripping each other apart <laughs> after they, they forget the original topic. That's what... Sturgeon Man 74 is clearly misinformed about the nature of this article. And meanwhile, it's all printing. You bonehead. Yeah. <laughs> Then and it goes up for three more pages, them fighting back and forth. Oh, yeah, well, blast by you. And everybody, well, your mom is Sturgeon 74. And so then I go over to the printer, and that's on the days when it hasn't just used all of the paper in the machine. But I go over to the printer, and it's this huge stack of things that I don't need. And, of course, I pick it up off the printer, and it's like a whole fistful of paper, and I just put it directly in the trash, and I turn around, and Lacey Turner, who was the resident hippie, is just staring at me. (laughs) It was just like a slow-motion horror movie unfolding right in front of me as I just dumped a bunch of paper right into the garbage. Not that, you know, the recycle bin's right there, but I just didn't really think about it. So I dumped it right into the trash, and I turned around, and Lacey's just giving me a look, the temperature of liquid helium. Ugh. All right. Well, in any event, here's Tim Riley. Well, a man who was already convicted of attempting to take pictures of a woman's skirt is now banned from owning a camera or any image recording device for the next two years. How do they enforce that? That was part of a sentence given this week to 60-year-old Paul Hooter of uh, Nottingham, New Hampshire. He appeared in a Portsmouth District Court, also ordered to pay a $500 fine, giving a suspended six-month jail term, and undergo a sex offender evaluation. The incident happened last uh, Memorial Day as he was uh, seen photographing up women's skirts. So he can't have any image recording materials yeah, at all. Yeah, seems kind of weird. What if he had the materials to make, like, a charcoal sketch of a woman? It doesn't say he can't do that. All right. Somebody was going to clarify recycling, and then, uh... Oh, wait, is, is, he, is he not? Okay, all right. So I guess somebody... Okay, so Greg was putting on the screen here that there was a call about recycling, but I guess... so. The, the, but the, the thrust of it is, the, the, I guess you cannot recycle paper cups, like, for coffee, because they have a wax lining. 
Well, that seems like it. I mean, what kind of country are we that we're, throw, we're dissuaded by a little bit of wax? I mean, doesn't that seem like a problem we should be able to get past at this point? And, it, and I also don't buy the argument that there's not enough people to sort the garbage because anybody out of work. Can't yes. we not have jobs? There you go. They could uh, garbage sorters. They, they could be at the recycling bin sorting out all the various products. All right, let's do uh, one more here. Uh, Prince is returning to the Tonight Show stage to help bid farewell to Jay Leno, the purple one, How as long? he's now called. <laughs> the purple. That's what it says. Here. Really? That means something else where <laughs> I come from, Tim. One. Hey, the uh, purple one's going to be bidding farewell to Jay Leno tonight, if you know what I mean. <laughs> is this really a tearful goodbye? Is anybody no. uh, shedding a tear no. because? No. It's and, not, he's not Carson. And how long are we going to have to listen to this? How long is this story going to drag out? I know. How long is the last day going to be? Well, Friday night, apparently, he's leaving. Maybe he'll just chain so himself goodness. to the desk and refuse does, to does go. Does he promise not to come back to? No, he doesn't. He's going to be on at 10. I hope they have to mace him to get him off the stage. I hope he just said, I hope at the last moment he snaps and just bolts himself to the floor, and they have to come in and forcibly remove him. I'm sure the general public is excited about his new 10 o'clock primetime uh, show. Aren't you? Is that you speaking, or are you quoting the article? No, I'm. I'm asking you. No, no, no. <laughs> of course not. No one is. Is that must see TV? No, no. For nobody is that must see TV. No one is. Sarah, are you excited about Jay Leno's ten o'clock slot? No, no. It'll remind you when it's time to take your medicine. That's ex- that's exactly what it is. That's a whole lot. Of, well, it must be time for my nitroglycerin. My bunions hurt. Uh, are we playing some rock and roll for the uh, people here, Sarah? Excellent. I love rock and roll. As do I, Tim. As do I. Coming up uh, in about, let's see, 20 minutes, we're going to talk to Allison Lohman from Drag Me to Hell, the new Sam Raimi film. And Sarah can't even watch the trailer for that all the way through. No, it's, it scares me way too much. It's I freaky. Can't even watch it. And it's only PG-13. Yeah. No, that's messed up. And uh, Sam Raimi's a bad person. So, uh, and I mean bad in the best possible way, but uh, he's an evil man. And we have shaving tips later. Ugh. And did you say that it's not just shaving your... It's Down not just there. gleaming your cube. It's uh, it's also armpits, back, and head. See, shaving your head, I can get because that might shaving be difficult. Shaving your back sounds weird. A I suppose. It, How could you shave your own back? Well, I guess we'll find out. The so there's a there's a but there's a video a from tease. Gillette. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. We're gonna watch videos uh, later on. Don Raw, which was the creator of Oregon Trail, as uh, well as Kelly Clark from uh, Willamette Week. All right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Here's Offspring. This is Hammerhead. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Thursday morning. I'm Rick Cesar Chavez Boulevard, Emerson. Call 503-228-4101. Some guys want a pizza. Some guys want to be kicked in the face. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. About uh, eight or nine minutes, we'll talk to Allison Lohman from Drag Me to Hell. Let's watch the trailer again during the uh, during the break. You're talking about that thing where the fly crawls into her mouth? Yeah, and just all of it. All that's, of it is disturbing. That's unnerving. Uh, Tim Riley is at the news desk, ladies and gentlemen. He is your personal savior, and he sounds like this. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 541. We're in for several sunny days. High temperatures will be in the 80s. Let's tax you just a little bit more. You'll want it, don't you? Lawmakers, make a gas tax increase of six cents a gallon a reality. Then there's the Orwellian possibility of using GPS technology to tax mileage instead of gasoline consumption. Now, that could happen, too. They'll put 
put something on dashboards of cars? Well, I, this is I, I heard there was going to be something about new cars would roll off the the, the assembly line in like a 2011 or something like that, mm-hmm. and there would be some sort of monitoring device that would actually track your mileage, and then they would tax you according to how much you actually drove. But now that I, but even saying it out loud, I don't really understand what the point of that is. Is that be why would they do that as opposed to just taxing gas? Yeah, I mean, is that? It, hmm. I guess it's I, to say that they're not going to tax gas anymore. I mean, that's see, that's the other thing. It's like if if they're going to do one, it Take seems like switch. It seems like they ought to not do the other. Is this is is this in it? I mean, it is in addition to the the gas tax. But what would they say if I asked them? In other words, would they claim that this is instead of the gas tax, or is this yes. instead of like a, a like another car tax or another road tax? Probably instead of a gas tax. See, but that doesn't make it. Well, I guess maybe their thinking is that the price of gas goes up and down, so their tax revenue from gas goes up and down. Whereas, and there is some validity to this statement, I suppose, that the wear and tear that your car puts on the road is the same, regardless of how much gas is. So the tax needs to be the same, regardless of how much gas is. But as you just pointed out, it doesn't mean like they're going to get rid of the tax on gas. It's really, they're just they're being screwed again. That's really all it is. We're just being, uh, just being horked once more. They're getting used to it. Yep. And the mayor gave himself a raise. Good well, for he him. didn't give himself. He had the city council uh, give it to him. Really? Yeah. How nice How nice of them to do that for him. Not that he doesn't deserve How it, quickly right? the worm turns. I, Speaking for certain of us, uh, you know, trying to be, uh, trying to reserve judgment until all the facts are known about various um, proceedings involving. And they will be. <laughs> they will be. We'll see who's right. Tim, in this room, we're always, we're all right. All of us, we're all right all the time. There's, yes, it's a, It's a big tent here at the Rick Emerson Show with room for many opinions and viewpoints. But I like suddenly just as soon as the, as soon as there's a pay raise or any sort of taxing, that's what I'm like, screw him. That's that's all it takes to turn me is just to have uh, is just to have one thin dime taken out of my uh, my wallet by somebody. And then I'm, I'm suddenly on the anti wagon. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. David and Mary Weitzel have been rescued after being lost in the Mount Hood area for two days and went without food. Hikers found them distressed, disoriented and hungry. Then they had trouble communicating them with them because the river was too loud. They saw them, but all they heard was gurgling. I'm gurgle. starving to death. Yeah. What? I'm starving to death. <sighs> I'm sorry. Isn't that the deal? They were. What yes. do you mean the river was too loud? It's too loud. <laughs> the, the river makes noise. Rushing water makes. You ever turn on the bathtub and have a cell phone uh, conversation? Sitting next to the faucet with the bathtub is filling up. Can they hear you? No. But I mean. It's the same thing. Here's what. Maybe I'm missing something. Where were the people that were lost? Next to the river. But I mean, why were they next to the like? Why didn't they walk away from the river to make a phone that call? That is a good question. I mean, they were on the phone to the rescuers, right? I we, don't think they were. No. Wait. So what it, do you? It does not. When you say I, that, I don't see anything in the story about them making phone calls. When you say the river was making too much noise, too much noise for what? Rushing water. Okay. No. 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 I don't mean like what did the noise sound like? When you say the river was making too much noise, like too much noise to be heard. For who to be heard? For the for the, On the people so, who were seen there, who wanted to be rescued, to communicate with the people to rescue them. So why wouldn't you? Uh, why wouldn't you just? Like get get further away from the river to where? Oh, okay. So maybe so is that they were on the opposite side of the river as the rescuer? Yes. Ah. And perhaps they were, they were outside a cell phone area. Okay. See that? Well, that well, that's it. Sounded to me like it was they were on a cell phone or something, and I was thinking, well, just walk over there and call from call from that tree. All right. So they were. No, on the, I mean, they they don't have signs out in the middle of the woods saying payphone this way. <laughs> they were. So they, they were on the opposite side of the river. That actually makes sense because they were on then, the wrong side of the river. Yes. All right. Okay. That. Okay. That's now, always what, the river's always right there. Right there. 
Then and somehow they just don't make it, but this time they did. All right. Now, see, that, that matter that actually the makes sense. The river is what kills people usually. And it's true. Well, it's the river. It's, it's the river and it's, um, it's the river and it's ravines. And it's, which people should be taught how to build rafts before they venture into the woods because a raft could always get you out of trouble. Well, you know, that, uh, that, that Chris McCandless guy. That into everybody should be equipped with a Ronco pocket raft. Mm-hmm. It's that into the uh, into the the wild guy uh, or into the woods into the wild into the wild into the wild Chris McCandless. That was his whole deal because you know people sort of people love to, to kind of make fun of that guy that he you know that he, he sort of you know got himself killed by behaving foolishly, which I suppose is true. But but he did come within just like a whisker of making it through the winter in one of the toughest places in the world. Yep. And they said the thing that screwed him at the end. Was that between the time he went into Alaska and the time he tried to get out, unbeknownst to him, the river level raise, uh, it rises like five feet. And it was just high enough that he couldn't get out again. Um, and he ate the poison berries. And he I, killed one of God's creatures. Also, also that. Also, he asked to be smited. Uh, or smote. Or a word. Smited? Smote? Anyone? Smitten? No, no, no. That's... No, I think that's... Well, that's a word, but that doesn't... I don't it think that means what you this. think it means. That doesn't fit this context. Here's Tim Riley. You wear your spittings when it's cold. Anyway, Governor Kitzhaber says he's considering running for Oregon governor again. He is seriously considered running in 2010. He's expected to speak on the topic at some point today. That seven-year-old Oregon girl who survived the 75-foot fall. Well, that's a term put loosely. It was not a fall. A it was fall, a push. really? Like yeah. maybe she was... Like, was oh, she... I, I stumbled while playing with my jacks she... and, and fell off a bridge. <laughs> she was leaning over to apply graffiti and just lost yeah. her footing. I was playing jump rope at the... Seriously. Uh, seriously. What, what well, she's the... going home soon. What is the deal with the, with the dad? So the mom is... Uh... He had custody of the kids. Okay, so... So the mom was trying to pay him back. Right. Uh, exactly. It, it was an act of revenge. You know, alleged. Oh, there's revenge. certain people that ought to be beaten with a chain, just, just, just repeatedly. I, uh, all right, okay. I, you know, and I, I'll just say this one thing, and we're not going to dwell because it's just, you know, because you hear the story everywhere you go, and it became one of those stories. I don't know when you all first first heard the the thing about the woman on the bridge and the kids. No. I woke up and I went to Yahoo News, and it was right there in the front, and I and I didn't really read it all the way through. It was just something about Selwood Bridge, something Oregon, and I thought, ah, perhaps the bridge has collapsed. And because that's the story you always expect with that bridge, right? That it's just fallen over. And I click on it, and I read like the first paragraph, and immediately two things became clear to me. One, I didn't really want to think about it. And two, you knew that within like a day, everywhere you went, everyone would be talking about it. And sure enough, that is coming. Even the national news is all over that story. So I just closed the window, and I thought, you know what? Within like a day or so, this story is going to be inescapable. So for now, I'm just going to opt not to read it because I didn't want it in my head all weekend. So the dad had custody, but the mom had the kids at the moment, and the mom thought, "I'll show right, you." She could have them for one day. Uh, yeah. Well, all right. Did she give evidence before this of being crazy? Do we know? Well, she had. Uh, let's see, a domestic violence charge against her before. Well, that's a big yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. Here's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. You know what the handiest thing to have around is uh, apparently a big piece of wood with nails hanging out of it. Yes. Uh, store clerk in Tacoma can thank his lucky stars. He just happened to have one as a robber comes in. Now police are looking for the crook who has nail marks all over him after being hit with a very unorthodox weapon. The stick with nails. Uh, he had a bag in his hand. He knew what he wanted. The would-be thief didn't waste any time. In less than a minute, thief walked around the corner straight toward the store clerk. This happened at convenience store in Tacoma. But the clerk gave him a run for his money, grabbed the stick out of the guy's hand, chased him out the door, whacked him over the back, put some nail holes in him. That is fantastic. The people of East Tacoma want this guy caught, and why wouldn't they? The people of East Tacoma are not to be trifled with. 
I mean, that's the people in East Tacoma will uh, they'll beat each other and shoot each other for no good reason at all. I mean, that just I mean, without any provocation, you give them any kind of provocation and they're really going to they're really going to open up. on but, you. But the big part of this is it, it was the robbers stick with nails in eventually first that he wanted to rob the guy with. So he grabbed the stick with nails. Out oh, see, of, so I must have missed that. I thought it was that the, the guy kept it behind the counter. No, or no, 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 no. Oh, well, I okay. hadn't finished yet. Ah, so he tried to rob the convenience store with a stick with nails in it, which is, well, that's an interesting weapon. Mm-hmm. So he grabs it out of his hand and whacks him over with the head and the back. Give me that! And now he's all full of nail holes. So I, excellent. Good for everyone, really. So the, why would you take the time to create a stick full of nails? I well, mean, we are in a recession. I, so you like gotta a, make do with what you like have. A, it's like a DIY kind of fel- felonious. The, but, I mean, if you had the time and, and energy and where with and materials to make a stick full of, you know, nails that you were going to be robbing a guy with, why wouldn't... I'm not trying to tell thieves how to do their business. Well, well that's why the people of East Tacoma are so upset, because at this moment, because he's still on the loose, he could very well be making another stick with nails in it. See, my thing is, if you had a stick with nails, don't you think you could use the stick full of nails to get yourself a knife? You know what I mean? I got a stick with nails. Give me your knife. And then... I got a knife. Give me your axe. And then, I got an axe. Give me your gun. Well, this comes from the same area where, where people throw rocks over overpasses who that think the act is harmless. Oh, man. Did you we see those? We haven't got to that one yet. Oh, you want well, to talk it, about it? It's a combination of uh, uh, too much interfamily breeding and fetal alcohol syndrome. <laughs> if you look at these people. That, of course, is the opinion the, the of only, CBS Radio News. The only thing they know how to do is what comes naturally to <laughs> most animals. <laughs> Uh, oh, boy. Who might be walking over an overpass board some night? I love this show. It's 503-228-4101. Uh, 503-228-4101. Ladies and gentlemen, coming up here in just a short while, we're going to talk to Allison Lohman. She is in uh, Drag Me to Hell, the new Sam Raimi film. Also, Todd Phillips, uh, he has directed The Hangover. Uh, he also directed, I think I mentioned this yesterday, he directed, well, two things. He directed uh, and made this movie called Hated, which is the Gigi Allen documentary. Which is just weird and creepy and great and off-putting and terrifying and sickening. And not anything... I mean, that Gigi Allen documentary, I had to watch in like three parts. I couldn't watch it all in one sitting. I got about 20 minutes in and I thought... Ugh. Too much bad all at once. Yeah, like, this is... I don't... I'm going to take a break from this. And then I just walked outside to get some sun and some, some life. And then I came back in and I powered through another 20 minutes. And I think it took me like a day before I could watch the final third of it. Um... And then he, and then of all things, I know I mentioned this yesterday, but of all things, I think he directed, or he at least was, at some point, was involved in the production of this Nambla documentary, which is odd. Um, and so, you know, fast forward through now, he's done, uh, he did Old School, he did Road Trip, uh, and now The Hangover. Uh, so we've got that coming up later on. We'll talk to Don Rawich, who's the lead creator of the video game Oregon Trail, ladies and gentlemen. All right, it is the Rick Emerson Show uh, on Rock 101 KUFO. This is Green Day from 21st Century Breakdown. It's Know Your Enemy. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Thursday morning on Rock 101. It is uh, Thursday, ladies and gentle persons. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Later on, we'll talk to Don Rawich, who is the lead creator of the video game Oregon Trail. You have died of dysentery and awesomeness. Uh, Kelly Clark from uh, the Willamette Week will join us, and uh, also more news from Tim Riley. We're just uh, moments away from talking to Allison Lohman, who's the star of the uh, new film Drag Me to Hell, which opens uh, the 29th. It opens uh, tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, the brand new horror film from director Sam Raimi. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Allison Lohman, joining us now from Drag Me to Hell, not from Drag Me to Hell, but hello, Allison. How are you today? Hi, I'm 
good. Um, hey, so I, I'm a big nerd and a, a geek and a fanboy and a dork, so I have to ask you just sort of before we do anything else here, what is it like to work with Sam Raimi? Because he makes such, such intense and oftentimes crazy-seeming films, but apparently he's a very level-headed, very normal, very calm, mellow guy. Did you find that to be the case? Yes, he he almost has a split personality, you know, he's like, with me, <laughs> because, you know, he, he he's torturing my character throughout the whole film, or me as an actor, trying to get me to do all these crazy things, and, uh, but at the same time, you know, he's a gentleman, he's this, one of the sweetest directors, I think, you know, that well, the sweetest director I've worked with, really, and, um, you know, so just such a gentleman, so polite, and... Uh, and um, you know, just open to to um, to everything, and, and so collaborative with actors, and, and even just um, you know um, people like part uh, part of the crew. I uh, I actually meant that you touched on something that I was going to ask you. I know that a lot of the movie is practical effects, and it's uh, you know not a lot of CGI. There's some of that where they're kind of augmenting the scenes with uh, you know with stuff that is later sort of computer generated. But when you when you're reacting to something that is either not there or something that is um, that is going to be uh, sort of ex- added on to later in post-production, how do you how do you do that? If, if you're supposed to be terrified, are you uh, is there something a place you put yourself mentally or something that you imagine to replicate uh, the fear reaction? How do you do that? Well, he he uses um, he uses. Uh, as, as many props as, as possible, so he doesn't use a lot of CGI. That's what's great about um, you know working with Sam and uh, um, compared to some other movies where it's, it's it's more of an emphasis on the green screen. But um, that that was the the great part of it is that everything was as real as he could possibly make it. Um, my uh, producer Sarah has uh, mentioned in the uh, the trailer. There's this sequence where the fly is is crawling into your mouth, and it's just and every time. Uh, that we talk about that is she sort of does this involuntarily shudder and cringe. I can't even watch it. You can't even watch it. She has to look away. Is it? Is it? It sounds like a silly question, but is it weird to sort of whether it's um, you know just a rough cut or whether it's the finished product when you're watching yourself up on the screen and something horrible is happening to you? Uh, and I mean, are you able to separate yourself, or is it a surreal experience to watch that being done to you on uh, on on the screen? When I'm watching it, yeah. Oh, it's this movie is 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 wild to actually watch for me um, because I even though you know, I played the part, I never really know what's going to happen when I'm watching it. So it's it's all very spontaneous and uh, yeah, it's I I feel like I'm I'm really there. He just he he's 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 so great. Sam, I don't know how how he does it, but uh, it's just the uh, it's just the magic of being Sam Raimi, Allison. I it's guess just oh so, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's great. We're talking to Alison Lohman. The uh, new film is Drag Me to Hell. It opens the 29th. I have to ask uh, very quickly before we uh, wrap this up, and this is for my uh, news director, Tim. Is it true that you actually were a, that you sang either with or behind or as a backup singer or something for Frank Sinatra? Did I read that correctly? Yes. When I was 12 years old, I did. How, how is it that uh, at 12, and I say with completely unconcealed envy, how is it that at 12 you came to be singing behind Frank Sinatra? Well, I was just, I was a singer in town, and I, I got this opportunity to, to sing for him. Uh, I think it was his birthday, and uh, it, it was, it was, it was so, um, just, it was great. It was such a great experience for me, and um, 
Uh, and I loved Frank Sinatra at the time, so I, I was very nervous. <laughs> I have to tell you, we talked about the magic of being Sam Raimi. That really is the magic of being you, Allison. That my, at, at no point in my life has anybody ever called me and said, hey, uh, by the way, it's Frank Sinatra's birthday, and he'd like you to be there. <laughs> that is a, that's a, I can count on zero fingers the number of times that happened to me. That's funny. All right. Allison Lohman, star of the new film Drag Me to Hell. It opens at 29. Thank you so much for uh, joining us, and best of continued success, Allison. Thank you. Thank you so much. Allison Lohman. Greg, can you uh, check with her and make sure that uh, all is uh, copa and sedic? Excellent. She sounded adorable. And 10. <laughs> she the, did sound You know how old she is? Guess. Um, 17? She is 29. What? Yeah. She's older than I am? That's what I'm saying, but doesn't she sound, she has kind of a, which she's actually commented on, you see interviews with her, she mentions that she sort of has that sort of, she can play a lot younger, she has that kind of childlike uh, quality to her in some ways, yeah, she's, uh, she's nearly 30, and I mean, 29, and that's the official age, so, hmm. I'm just saying. Uh, sang behind Frank Sinatra and Bob Hope, by the way, and also works with Sam Raimi. There you go. My My life is nothing in comparison, I matter not at all. Straight ahead, we'll talk to director uh, Todd Phillips. He has uh, got a new film, The Hangover, coming up. Also, Tim Riley back at the news desk with tips on how to shave your back. Okay. Hi, we're, uh, we're a morning show. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. I'm Rick Cesar Chavez Boulevard, Emerson. Call 503-228-4101. Some guys want a pizza. Some guys want to be kicked in the face. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. You know what you were just doing there? You looked like you were praying, and also like you were doing the so cold, so it's very, very so cold. very, very cold in here. That's what I was doing. Uh, coming up here in just a few minutes, we'll talk to director Todd Phillips. His new movie, The Hangover, uh, opens on June 5th, 2009, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, later on, we'll talk to Don Rawich. He is the lead creator of the video game Oregon Trail. And Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week will be here as well. At the news desk, this is your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 6.07. We're in for several, several beautiful sunny days. Highs will be in the 80s. Well, now that the mayor and the city councilors will get their raise out of some fund that has 400 million of your tax dollars, and as we drown in a 12% unemployment rate, they're going to nickel and dime you to death with utility bill increases, add six cents to the price of a gallon of gasoline, eliminate your bus routes, make your wait longer for the max, and then lay off private employees in June. Let's make it difficult for people to get an education, shall we? Let's keep them all stupid. Oregon University tuition will go up 13%. That's 13% for higher education. That's nearly $7,000 a year at most campuses. That means at least 10,000 students will be forced to drop out as the state cuts the system's budget by 30%. Let me understand this. So you're going to get uh, students who are either not going to be able to enroll because it's gone up 13% or students who have enrolled but will not be able to continue their education because of the cost increase who will then not be able to get their degree, which means they'll have to go seek jobs which don't exist because the unemployment rate is at 12.1, which is taxing the resources of the state, which is trying to compensate by cutting the education budget and by screwing us out of tax dollars, which we don't have because we're all unemployed and stupid. And we might as well all wait for the max. It's a glorious time to be an Oregonian, Tim. 
These are the new good old days. Well, at least the mayor and the city councilors are doing well. That's right. That's all that matters. Mm. Courtney Love is now endangering the national recovery. <laughs> and I, I swear to God, for some reason, I thought you were going to say endangering the environment. I don't well, know why. She has three American Express cards and refuses to pay the balance on any of them. Now, if you and I did this, why, we'd be in a lot of trouble, but not her. She owes $279,000 on the Centurion card. That's 279000 69000 on the gold card. And the platinum card, I guess that's brand new. They just gave it to only 3000 on that one. I think at one point, if this is the same story I saw, the, the great thing about this is they actually, the nature of the complaint is such that they, they said that she had... What did they say? They said she had no ability to pay and, in fact, had refused to pay. It was something about failure. Oh, it was failure to and refusal to settle the debts. Yes. Which And can you just picture, Sarah and I were talking about this last night, actually, how there's only like 12 different kinds of people in the world. I mean, everybody you meet falls into one of about 12 categories. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I had to start writing them down because it's an observation we make a lot, and I think it's true. But we've all known various people that were just like Courtney Love. I mean, I mean, oh, Miss Love, we notice you only pay the minimum in your credit card. Yes, but I've had some problems lately. That's 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 the you thing. Mean I won't hear from people like you anymore. Yes, you're gonna hear from us constantly. And every now and again, you'll meet somebody, and they will have all of those Courtney Love personality types, and so. That's why I can sort of, without any hesitation at all, just like you just did, I can sort of replicate in my head what a phone call with her would probably be like. And she just, it just seems like, it just seems like if you call Courtney Love's house, it's just going to be her stumbling through just like a sea of broken crockery on the floor as she tries to get to the phone. And to make another Norma Desmond reference where she's just sort of stumbling around with a bottle of gin in one hand. And she's sort of, you know what it is? Here's, in, Trying it, to spit out words with those dead fish lips. <laughs> In my, in my mind's eye, it's sort of like it, she is sort of like Sunset Boulevard. But if it were actually starring uh, the characters from Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, I mean that's what Courtney Love's house is sort of like, you know, where she's where she's sort of sitting there trying to play poker with Buster Keaton, and then you know, but d- d- drunkenly swilling from a bottle of gin and going, "I've written a letter to Daddy, gay hole, yeah." You know, I was married to Kurt Cobain, yeah. Yeah, and then she just falls over in a puddle of her own sputum. I thought there was a pizza crust in one of these boxes. Apparently, I'm wrong. <laughs> There's one with meat on it. Uh, all right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-228-4101. We're so very, very, very sorry for this relentlessly juvenile behavior. Which will now continue as we welcome to the Rick Emerson Show director Todd Phillips, whose new film, uh, The Hangover, premieres, as they say, everywhere on Earth on uh, June 5th. Uh, Todd Phillips, hello, sir. How are you today? How are you? They put me on hold, and I heard you talking about Courtney Love, who happens to be a new neighbor of mine. She moved like three houses down from me in L.A. Please tell me that there's been some sort of a disturbance or you've already had to call the cops two or three times uh, already. (laughs) I I was just thinking, God, I wish there had been, but literally it's been about two weeks, and... uh, does have security guys parked out 24 hours, and um, no, it's been quiet so far. I'm. This is just. Uh, here's. Uh, uh, I don't know that this is true, but this is just something my gut tells me. Courtney Love is probably the type who will inevitably uh, call to have a pizza delivered, just so she can open the door and stand in the doorway in some sort of a weird kind of slatternly nightgown that's maybe a little bit torn. Sitting there, just encircled in a haze of smoke and uh, with a frizzy perm gone bad, saying. So how about I tip you in a different way, lover boy? <laughs> That's funny. And then the guy just says, I gotta go, Miss Love, and then he runs to the car. 
I like the modern take on Sunset Boulevard. I think you're probably right on. Yeah, see, there you go. See, I, I tell you, you get with the, you go register with that, the Writers Guild right now. I, that, that'll, that's yours. That is an idea for me to use, sir. That's a free one. Thank you. <laughs> um, I have to say, first of all, the, the thing, and I mean this, it, it really, in the best possible way, the, the thing about your career that is so cool is that um, you're kind of a hustler in the sense that you're always out doing something. You've been done a whole bunch of different things, and you've kind of attacked showbiz from various angles. Uh, you know, of course, sort of leading up to The Hangover, which is the new film. But you have one of the greatest uh, sort of uh, uh, side roads in your career. It's a thing that I never get tired of when I read about it, that you made your first film and you actually dropped out of school to finish it, that you had that crossroads of school or feature film, and you said... Screw this! I got to get the film done. That's where my destiny lies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, in life you have to make some decisions. That one was a, that one was particularly an easy decision. Um, you know, when school costs what school costs, and you know, a movie costs what that costs, and you're like, sort of weighing it, and you go, you know what? This isn't working out. Let's just uh, let's just bail on this and finish the movie. And that that first movie was a documentary I did on a punk rocker named Gigi Allen, and it ended up doing really well. And kind of uh, gave me my start, so it was a good decision. I actually will say, just as a brief side note, I was telling the story earlier that when I saw uh, the G.G. Allen documentary, Hated, I actually, and this is also a compliment, but though it, uh, it may not sound like one initially, it actually, I, I had to watch it in thirds because it was just so overwhelming. It was just, the, it was just this viscerally off-putting experience in, in, in some ways because he was just... He was just such a sort of implosion of a human being, and I actually had to watch it in kind of twenty minute, uh, twenty minute segments. But anyway, um, so so let's talk about the, the Hangover, which is I mean, we're kind of in this golden era of guy comedies where it is fulfilling all of the potential that sort of was planted in the eighties and nineties with a lot of those sort of guy movies that were that were well intentioned but not all that good sometimes. Uh, what is it? What is it like to really work with such a talented group of actors to 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 realize this specific kind of comedy? Well, it, you know, it's it's for me, it's the greatest thing because I think you hit the nail on the head, which is we we all grew up in the '80s or '90s, and we grew up on those movies like Stripes and Blues Brothers, which I thought you know were fantastic, and these are really just an offshoot of those, or a, or a, you know, a modern day telling of the guys on a mission kind of movie like Stripes is, and. Um, so for me, it's just uh, every day I kind of, when we're shooting a film like that, or I did Old School or Road Trip or Starsky and Hutch, it's like you kind of every day you're like, I can't believe this is my job because all we do is hang out you know, all day and try to make each other laugh and just mess around and just, you know, it's kind of amazing. But you, we, we do have some great actors out there right now, comic actors, and... In the Hangover, we have some new guys that I think people are just going to be blown away by. And I mean, there's all, and the whole spectrum of actors uh, in this, uh, you know, there's, and, and I'm, any movie where you've got uh, the chance to have Heather Graham and Mike Tyson and then Jeffrey Tambor, who are all uh, in the same film, you know, in addition to you know all the other guys and you know, the lead characters, it's just, but it it is just such a such a broad panoply of 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 people who are involved in this. And do you have moments where you sort of Step back from yourself and you say, uh, you know, you say this is this is just surreal. Like this, this is my life. I am here directing uh, this group of folks. Yeah, like when I'm directing Mike Tyson, how to uh, throw a punch, but a movie punch, you know, because it's very mm -hmm. different than a, than, a, than a boxer punch. And you realize here I am showing Mike Tyson how to throw a punch, and, and Mike, even Mike, wasn't wasn't lost on Tyson, and he goes. I can't. He goes. I can't believe I'm getting. I can't believe I'm getting boxing lessons from the captain of the Jewish debating team. <laughs> was, were there was there any sort of a moment where you, with Mike Tyson where you're kind of afraid that just 
You know, there's that kind of thing that he's been doing for 25 years. The instinct takes over, and suddenly it's not so much a boxing punch as it is an ow, my teeth are on the floor punch. Well, you know, he punches Zach Galifianakis in the movie, and, and Zach certainly had that fear because, you know, there is a thing, and you could see it in Mike in the dailies when he would throw the punch, he kind of would get energized and, and get back into it. And, you know, he's gained a little weight, and he's certainly older, but he is the fastest guy. It's unreal. When he throws a punch. You know, you mentioned uh, some of the great uh, sort of guy movies from the 80s. You mentioned Stripes and Blues Brothers, which is certainly great. And then there's also just 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 a sea of, of trashy, bad, wonderful, glorious, terrible films out there. I was thinking about the movie Screwballs specifically for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> but you actually worked. You have the, the classic story of working in an all-night video store that was... Uh, it was just kind of it was just porn and weird stuff and and sort of bootleg films and it, do you miss as just as a, as a lover of film do you miss the era of the video store? Um, you know, in a way, I do because it, it's funny. I mean, as cliche as it sounds, it really was kind of film school, and you're working there with other people, guys and girls who love film, and all you do is talk about film. And this one in particular is called Kim's Video in uh, on St. Mark's Place in New York, and this is like the early 90s and it was um it's a shame that you know sort of netflix and however all these things have disappeared but uh because there was a real culture i thought it brought but i i just think you know we're losing that with music places i mean everything is sort of disappearing like that talking to todd phillips uh the new movie is uh, the hangover and it opens on uh, june 5th I, I i do have to ask this one question is it true that you did a couple episodes you were actually the taxi driver on taxi cab confessions on hbo <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you said I broke into Hollywood from many different angles, it was really from the from truly from the bottom. And I was, in, it's a long story short, I was an intern at HBO uh, documentary department, and they needed uh, young guys. Let's put it that way to, to to get young people to talk about sex. So I sort of volunteered to go get my hack license. So I really was a real cab driver. Um, but but. I, I kind of became a cab driver after they started the show. If that makes sense. And is the deal that that you just you know you pick up these uh, these drunks and you get them to say something embarrassing, and then afterwards you say, "Oh, it was on camera. Please sign this release." Maybe a little bit more elegant than that, but that is the idea. And it's a really, really difficult process when somebody bears their life story to you and finally lets their guard down, thinking they could trust this stranger, and then you have to turn around and go. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the I thing about that trust. I've uh, that. it's just brutal. I've uh, I've abused your confidence in me. Uh, please, right. please not assign this. Uh, uh, Todd Phillips, the new film, The Hangover. What is next for you uh, on the horizon, sir? Uh, right now, I'm just gonna write write this summer and uh, see what we're gonna see what we're doing next. But uh, I hope to work with uh, Zach, who's in the movie on something, and we've been talking about this other project, so we'll see. I was waiting for you to say that you were just gonna sit around and just chain smoke with Courtney. Uh, you know, <laughs> like maybe on one of those bad piping and mesh lawn chairs just on the sidewalk or something. Yeah, and just throw things at her pool guy because he's doing it wrong. Exactly. Uh, Todd Phillips, best of continued success in all things, my friend. The movie The Hangover opens on June 5th. Thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you, guys. There you go. Thank you. That's uh, Todd uh, Phillips, ladies and gentlemen. All right. That's wonderful. There you go. Fantastic. Uh, and uh, so forth. Hello, Sarah. Hello. How are you? That was oh. cool. Hello, Tim. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Awesome. All right. So, uh, let's see. What, I don't even th what the yeah, hell we... time is it? Six. All right. it's, it's late. I don't even know what's going on anymore. Tim, what headlines are you uh, following on this uh, Thursday? Well, let's see. I have uh, quite a few things. We still have to hear from Chris Brown today. Went on the YouTube claiming he's not a monster. And Coulter says Sonia Sotomayor made a racist comment. Dick Cheney speaks about evil North Koreans. And Dennis Miller says a groin laser would stop the North Koreans. A groin laser. Wait, is this like your, your Gillette groin lasering video later? 
Yes. All right. And so forth. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. That is all on the way. Of course, so we'll also have to Kelly Clark from the Willamette uh, Week and Don Rawich, who is the lead creator of the video game Oregon Trail. Here's Blink-182. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Thursday morning. We're live in Portland, Oregon. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Putting the cult in pop culture. The Jesus is about two inches tall. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Fantastic. Coming up in about uh, 20 minutes or so, we will give away a copy of the new Chuck Palahniuk book, Pygmy, as well as a $10 Wendy's gift card. That's going to be in 20 minutes. And Sarah Dillon, have you created a Chuck Palahniuk trivia question? I sure have, and I emailed it to you. Gosh, I'm such a dork. Like I don't even need to re- research anything about him. Well, that's well, you know, but that's like me with the uh, the, the spot the fake metal lyrics thing. Mm-hmm. Where I don't even have to, I don't even really have to try. Sadly, I just have to open the floodgate in my mind marked retard, and it all just sort of like you know, behold the mighty rock hammer, you know, and it just sort of comes out onto the page. So, you know, at least you're not that guy. And by that guy, I mean me. So Chuck Polinick uh, trivia in about 20 minutes for a copy of uh, his new book, Pygmy. Later on, we'll talk to Don Rawich, who is the lead creator of the video game Oregon Trail. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week will be here as well. This is Tim Riley at the News Desk. In the News with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 629. We're in for several sunny days in a row. I know it's crazy, but it's just in time for the Rose Festival. I'm sure you're anxious to get out there and enjoy it. More than anything. Well, anyway, let's talk about those two nitwits who were stripping on the I-5 overpass while throwing rocks at passing cars. Well, they said they're sorry, but I'm confused as to whether or not they actually believe it themselves. You see, they didn't know that throwing rocks at cars could hurt. Or even kill people. Now, what size rocks were these? I mean, not that it makes much difference, oh, I suppose. Small rocks, but, you know. But, I mean, still. But, thrown, but thrown from an overpass. Yeah, I mean, at a high velocity of, of speed. Yes. What not? Well, 18-year-old Amanda Madison admits it was her idea to throw the rocks and wasn't aiming to kill anyone. Fortunately, they didn't. She and 23-year-old Joshua Sizemore were playing the stripping game. Now, how do you play this game? Well, according to them... When you see a headlight out on a passing car, you say, sex me. (laughs) And the other person removes an article of clothing. So after playing, sex me, for about a half an hour or so, (laughs) boredom set in. What to do next? These empty-headed kids. I know. Let's kill someone. Yes. So Amanda says, let's go get some rocks. (laughs) As any young lady would in her position. So, um... So she got this brainstorm. They took some rocks. Madison, by the way, who just turned 18 last month, has been living on her own and obviously makes some bad choices in the past month. Uh, By the way, she was also losing the game at the time of her arrest, and she was wearing only her panties. Uh. (laughs) Visualize that. (laughs) Is there a photograph of... uh, What is She's 18? Yeah, she's... Is is there a photograph of her? Yeah, you can say whatever you shoot. She is 18. I uh, No, I'm just saying. There are plenty of photographs. They they both look the same. Look, I don't want this to be like the thing where Nibbler was finding photographs of some... They both look like younger versions of Tanya Harding. Both of them. One has longer hair. (laughs) It was like that underage girl with no underwear on in the class photo or something. I don't want... I don't need I don't need HR to see that on my computer logs. All right, what is her name? Her name is Amanda. Amanda. Uh, uh, Amanda Madison. Amanda. Man, Madam. Boy, that's a porn star name. Mm-hmm. I am Amanda Madison. That really is. Uh, and you notice the only thing that that functions properly in these people is just things below the waist. <laughs> Above that, <laughs> you mean is ankles, Tim? Yes. Yes. Uh, really, it's it's really it's just her. Uh, 
Nah, I was going to say coccyx, but I think that only... Eh, that's just a, that's beneath even me, so to speak. All right, so I'm looking at the... Oh, wow. Want to play the stripping sex me? I... Well, I... Would you, yeah, would just, you play the game with her? No, I should... I have so many things to say. I just I got to get myself under control here. This is I have too many comments. Sarah, come look at this uh, photograph okay. if you would. Uh, I'll uh, I'll maximize the screen here in a second so you can see this. Um, so I got a couple of things to say. First of all, well, let me just show you the photograph and then I'll put this on my website. Okay, so this is we'll get initial thoughts. This is Amanda Madison, the girl who was playing the sex me game. See now I'm doing it. Uh, followed by the let's throw rocks at cars and see if we can cause an accident. Nobody will get hurt. Paralysis game. Take all off right. your leggings, Amanda. First. <laughs> Take off your leggings. I can see your petticoats. <laughs> um, all right, first thoughts on Amanda Madison. Oh, oh. she's skanky. She's trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's uh, Sarah's assessment, by the way. I I'm can't sure wait to turn 18 girl. and be on my own. Uh, I'm really going to change the world. Wow. I, uh... Uh, yeah, she's well, she's wow, she already her. looks all used up. She... <laughs> see, that wasn't the way. <laughs> she looks like she stood on many overpasses. Oh, did you see the picture of the user? If you think she looks used up, did you see a picture of the guy who did the using? Oh, no. Oh, come check this out. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll put a link up to this whole site. Uh, this is it. You can see this at 2, that is the numeral 2, print style, 2news.tv. Okay, so that's Amanda. Here's, here's, her, her, here's her man. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. He is like a guy that Ethan Hawke would play in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, Ethan Hawke portrays this guy, but this guy is the sad reality. I have the dirtiest hair in town. Oh, that guy's really <laughs> gross. Boy, uh, the she's, she's trouble, though. You just, no, that's, she looks uh, like she's somebody... been on her own for a whole month. Yeah, that's a, that's a girl who uh, causes, uh, she causes misfortune. She uh, looks like somebody that I know that, I, that I'm not a big fan of. Really? Is oh, it yeah. somebody that I know that I'm not a big fan of? Yeah, it's the, um, the dirty whore. Oh, Which yeah. one? Her, we're not not Amanda Madison. <laughs> this is the, we're, we're saying she looks like a dirty she's, whore. She's Sarah's friend, the dirty she, whore. Oh, no, no, no. no. And, when I, and when I say she looks like a dirty whore, I don't mean like in general. I mean specifically. <laughs> oh, she... is that the girl with the painted finger? Everyone, stop yes! talking. Yes. We do this every morning about this time, I don't to, we? I have to clarify. <laughs> when I say looks like a dirty whore, what I meant was there a is specific a one. there is a person that Sarah knows who. We don't use her name until Sarah refers to this person as, quote, the dirty whore. That's what I meant. Terrible human being. Not Amanda Madison, although she seems to to have her own difficulties in life. Mm -hmm. Um, But she does look like this girl who Sarah refers to as the dirty whore. She has, like, the exact same face. Is that what it says on on her business cards? I, I... I think she's hot. I, do, I don't. I don't. Oh, I can't lie. Can I, no, I, um, the, 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 the rock girl. <laughs> no, no, her grubby haired boyfriend. No, <laughs> no, greasy lice covered guy at the bottom. No, it, no, no. I was only, Hi? Are you talking about uh, the woman on the overpass or Sarah's friend, the dirty whore? No, I uh, no. The, I've never seen the the whore's face. Oh, the whore doesn't what, live what here. You have to pay extra. <laughs> <laughs> What is, she did work at the. Done, yeah. She did work at the strip club where Richie paid an extra five dollars for. What kind of a, a show is this that we do here? Good God Almighty! I don't know, but I show up every morning. And it, I'm not saying time. the boyfriend has lice either. I'm just saying he seems a little dirty. Yeah, I mean, look, he just doesn't look. Here's the thing: even if you were to give him like a good, a good scrubbing and a bathing and a shaving and a delousing, I don't think he would be an attractive man. He he seems. 
He seems to be, he, his face looks like he was beaten with a bag full of something heavy. You know what I mean? Like padlocks or something. Like if you took a, like if you took a sock full of, full of ball bearings and you really went to work on that guy's face for like 10 or 12 minutes, that's kind of what his face looks like. So I don't think, in my opinion, this is just my constitutionally protected opinion, I don't believe he's ever going to be an attractive man. There's, that ship has, the ship has not even sailed. There is no ship. There is no ship. There is no shipyard. There is no dock. He's just not attractive. He's never going to be. She, on the other hand, I figured it out. I put my finger on it. Is she, she one of those goths? Well, th- she's got the raccoon eye makeup. You know what I mean? She's got, she's got like the heavy, heavy, heavy. Is that eyeliner or mascara? Eyeliner. She, she's got the Adam Lambert look. She, she does, Tim. Adam Lambert, who was previously noted, looks um, scarily like a girl I dated one time. But you know who she looks like, Sarah? Hmm. You know. Let me ask you this. Which this, friend? Let me, I'm going to post the link to this. Now, it's not even a friend. It's not anybody we know. Uh, I'm going to post the link to this article right now. Okay. And then uh, we'll see if you can look at it and figure out who this girl looks like that would sort of explain why I find her to be hot. Because I'm, I'm not going to lie about that. But I have so many questions about this story. First of all... So before they start playing the rock-throwing, let's-cause-an-accident game. Rock-throwing-sexy game. They're playing the stripping game. I'm sorry, the sex-me game. Sex-me. And is that whenever you see, it's like the... A headlight on in the car, you say, sex-me. And then what, you have to take off, as the guy says in Treading Places, take off your pants! So um, uh, apparently the guy saw more headlights out than she did. So to speak. Because she was, do- <laughs> she was down, right, to guys? Her, uh, down to her bloomers. Her bloomers. Bloomers and petticoats. <laughs> um... Uh, down to her delicate under things. But, uh, so my deal is, so she's 18. <laughs> That's the important part. Yes, but that, also, that the first fact that must be known. But she has nothing on but her panties, uh, her underwear, and yet... On an overpass. Okay, but my thing is, then it's her idea to play a different game. And so here's the deal. So am I to understand, how old is he? Do we He's know? He's 23. Of course. Uh, and how old so, is she? 18. 18. Of course. I mean, I'm sure... they each other for a while. I, no, 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 Tim. I'm sure, they, I'm sure that they only started dating once she was at the age of majority. No, they only held hands before. I... They just passed mash notes in right. uh, detention. Remember what Sam Adams did. He I... <laughs> I guess... Here's, here's my final thing before I post the picture. We'll talk much, much more about, about Amanda Madison in the, in the hours to come. But... And then we're going to talk about cleaning up. My, what do you mean? Well, I have something after this. Oh, the, the shaving thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. This isn't... All right. No, no, um, no. The, it, here's my question. So they're playing the sex me game. She's down to just her underwear. He presumably is wearing whatever. But am I then to, to believe that... that uh, how do I put this? If you're a guy, you're 23, you're this guy, you're with this uh, girl who I think is hot and sort of... A, well, She's 18. In, in a me in a me kind of way, um, you're with this girl who's hot and standing there in just her underwear. Uh, how you would think that at that point they would? Um... Well, I think she also mentioned that she liked the feel of the wind coming <laughs> up into that area while standing over the overpass. Into that area in, in her dainty things. That is so. Not what I was going to talk about. That's wow. Not even what I was. That's not well, even I what could I was have gonna... gone into more detail, but I, no, I was pressed I, for time. No, I, that wasn't even what I was... Okay. That, uh, well, I'm, I'm just reciting the facts of the story. Good Lord. Let's break now, shall we? I, I'll save all the, my other observations for the... Uh... Thank you, Larry. I'll give you my comments off the air. Wow. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101. Uh, KUFO. 
Now broadcasting everywhere. At all times. To everyone. In accordance with prophecy. The Rick Emerson Show. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com. If you go to uh, rickemerson.com right now, I posted a photograph of uh, Amanda Madison. And you totally hit the nail on the head when you said that she probably goes by Manda or Mandy. Or Mandy. Mandy. She's totally a Mandy. Man-eater. If you go to uh, rickemerson.com, you'll see this. And this is the female half of the let's stand on an overpass, strip off her clothing, and throw rocks at passing cars uh, couple. I don't know the guy's name. The guy's name is Joshua. It's funny now that you said he sounds like Levi Johnson. That's all I can think of. I don't know. I guess there's a baby that came out of her or something. It's all very confusing. Um, so if you go to rickemerson.com, you can see a photograph of this raven-haired beauty. Now, let's two things. Uh, before we, You have audio of this, Tim? I do. I have jailhouse interviews. Fantastic. There's no better kind. Uh, especially with my new girlfriend, Amanda. So I have. I know exactly who you think she looks like. So, well, I got. See, now, but I've come up with a second one. I now have two. There are two women now that I think she looks a lot like. Because I'm not, in fact, I think I actually made that the subject line of the post. Like, I'm just not going to lie. I think she's hot. Uh, who do you think she resembles? She looks like that girl from American Beauty. That's the second one, Thora Birch. Yeah. She looks like the girl in American Beauty that is not Scarlett Johansson. And uh, she also looks like, I can't place her, another actress. Oh, what? Stop it. No, no, no. I was thinking of something else. I can't remember. She she reminds me of somebody else. I can't remember who. All right. Uh, she uh, she looks a lot like Thora Birch, though. That's the as just as we came back from the break. Now I was thinking about that. But you know who she looks like? Hmm. Younger, uh, maybe like if she were a just out of high school version of Final Chance. Oh, the chick from Showgirls. Gina, Gina Gershon? Gershon? <laughs> no. Well, no. 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 Thora Birch. Yes, Gina Gershon. No. She looks like a just out of high school version of Monica Lewinsky. No, she doesn't. She does. She totally has that same look. Uh, she no, has she has a lot more delicate features. Like from the nose, there. from the nose up, though, she got a different mouth. Uh, you got a different mouth. Uh, but I think from the nose up, she has that. Or maybe it's just the certain. Maybe it's just the vibe. Maybe it's just the. Maybe it's just I think the. That uh, might be it. Maybe it's just the aura she puts off. Okay, here's the other thing, though. I just noticed this about this photograph. Not that I've been staring intently at it during the break. You notice that she has what appears to be a black eye. Yeah, she does. Look at her right eye. Does that not look like a? Uh, a but it doesn't look like she's been sort of. Uh... It's too much makeup. No, I think. Yeah, I think she just looks like just like I was saying, used up. <laughs> but I mean, what? That looks like a giant bag under her eye. I mean, maybe she's trying to put but it. But a bag doesn't rocks. go slant ways down and you across your cheek. It does if you're kind of cracky like that. Uh, I'm not saying she's okay. She's not... Take one look at that girl. That girl's not cracky. Uh, whatever. I'm not saying there's anything uh, improper flowing in her bloodstream, but whatever it is, it's. It's not crack. Let's just be honest about that. Just take take a good look at her. So uh, this... Oh, she's like looking into my soul. I have to stop looking at the picture. <laughs> Amanda Madison won't quit looking into my heart in my deepest thoughts. Good God almighty. Here's the thing why I think it's a black eye. Because it's not underneath both eyes. The other eye is relatively smudge-free. But no, but the other eye is in the shadow. I think her whole life yeah. is in the shadow, Sarah. Her whole life is one dark room. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. So in case you're just joining us, we're talking about the rock-throwing couple who were playing sext me on the overpass of Washington State, throwing rocks at cars, both busted and in jail. Well, Cairo went out and did some jailhouse interviews. 
She's 18 years old. He's 23. And first, we're going to hear from Amanda Madison, the rock-throwing sext-me girl. Um, well, I was, uh, we were sitting at a friend's house. And sitting. I was sitting on the uh, co-defendant's lap. And co-defendant's. I Somebody talks like an adult. Mm-hmm. We should go to the bridge, because I haven't been to the bridge, except for that one time. And except for that one time. Like, you, you remember back when the Jensen barn used to be there? I mean, we're trying to get other people to go, so we're not like, but, you know, alone. And so we started to go to the bridge. Nobody else wanted to go. And, um, and I have long, boring stories with no point. There. And the only reason why we wanted to go in the first place is to feel the adrenaline and the rush. The, the adrenaline. Adrenaline? Mm-hmm. Body, cause That's an energy drink. <laughs> from the semi to our feet and just feeling the rush going. And then out of nowhere, mm. I and the wind blowing my under things. Yell out, sex me, it's a game. It's if the headlights completely out. Then this sounds like a made up uh, story. Your opponents have, you have to say sex me, and whoever says sex me, the opponents have to. Your opponents, um, the Washington generals. Piece of, clo- piece of clothing. I ended up losing. Um, <laughs> she sounds real unhappy about it. Life. I thought it'd be funny, and you know, it was, it's not funny at all. Holy crap. And what about when that reporter car. asked you an off mic question that no one could hear? Visual seats in each cop car. Um, and we pulled up to the transit spot where the 300 and all the buses go to, kind of close to the railroad tracks. Okay, let's go to the guy. I here. like to talk on and on and on without any discernible <laughs> flow to my story. Uh, Jesus. Like that. Oh, God. Is this the boyfriend? Yeah. Let's go back here. I've already forgotten his name again. Josh? Levi? Uh, Joshua, yeah. All right. And after a while, that got boring. So, so then I got the ready whip. Like, how can we make this exciting? Didn't really have any. He ideas. sounds like he could make everything exciting, doesn't he? So he started to leave. Ball of energy. It was like, hey, there's rocks everywhere. <laughs> some rocks, wow. Cracks some rocks on the cement down below. On the cement. There we go. Swimming at the cement park. Cars to go by. Says God. So he grabbed some rocks in my pocket and went inside down, started bouncing rocks. And well, it's an exciting life there. And where is this? Lakewood? So he's, he's 23 and he's nothing better than to throw rocks with an 18-year-old off an overpass? No, no, he doesn't. Well, sir. had they not been caught afterwards, I'm sure he had other plans. Good God almighty. He was, was just foreplay. He was, on his way, <laughs> he was on his way to paralegal school. Uh, maybe I'll stop to do me some rock bouncing, though. Bouncing? You can't bounce rocks. I mean, not really. Jesus. Well, there you go. That's a, uh, there you go. That's Sorry, a, state of affairs for the young people of today. It really is. Uh, so you can go to uh, rickemerson.com and see a, a photograph of this girl, and then it links to that story uh, of her and, her and her man. She's here in her jailhouse garb, and then I guess they're being charged with 14 counts of, wait, hold on. They're being charged with 14 counts of something or other, $50,000 bail. And Sarah's right when she said that sex me thing sounds like a made-up game. Like, if she wasn't talking like about making, it... Yeah, like, she's like they were really doing something else, but they, like, made it up at the last second. Or that it's not really a real game, um, but that he sort of told her it was. Who, who else has played Sext Me? No one. I mean, what do you mean? Like, well, like I mean, this somebody, actual, like, no, I mean, headlight... Do you, do you know of anyone else who has played a game called Sext Me? Is it Is Sext this Me, up? like text, but with it an looks S? looks like Sex. No, I think it's Sex Me, S-E-X. I'm looking at the uh, story here. Um, there have to be instructions. Somewhere. I'm reading here. Uh, she says... Um, I don't think it's a Milton Bradley game. State. This is from uh, uh, This is from uh, Como in Seattle. State troopers say the pair told them they were on the railroad trestle. 
tossing rocks and playing a midnight game of what they called sex me. How do you find rocks in the dark? Where they're you, everywhere. Where you, and they're, they're bouncy. Everywhere. And they're in my pockets. They bounce them off the cement. Where, where you take off clothes, depending on which headlights are out on passing cars. Troopers say it was apparent it was apparent that Madison was losing the game. She was arrested in just her underwear. So there you go. Uh well, we come back. Here's a good chat. Actually, if you if you have if you've played Sex Me, we want to hear from you now. Oh no. I mean, I know you haven't, so Probably don't call, but... Um, Win some fabulous prizes. Oh, oh playing yeah. text me. I promised to do the Polinic thing. Let me give the question here. Hold on. I got to do this Polinic question. This isn't the Polinic question. Did you email that to me? I did indeed. Did you email me? Did you want me to read it? No, I got it right here. Okay. Wait a minute. No, I don't have it right here. It never arrived. No, I'm looking at my inbox. It's not here. Okay. Uh, all right, Sarah, do you want to read the uh, the Chuck Polinic question? Sure, I right, do. Hold on a second. Let me find the Chuck Polinic uh, music here. Let's see. Where is my... Uh, let's see. Where's my... With the... This is compelling. Shh. Quiet. All right. What the hell? That's What's going on there? There we go. That's you. I'm touching nothing. What the hell is, it? is, that, is Are you hearing that weird clicking yes. noise? I think it's my. I think it's my computer. I'm saying everything like Joshua now. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, now is your chance to win a copy of the brand new Chuck Palahniuk game. Uh, Chuck Palahniuk game. Chuck Palahniuk book, Pygmy, by playing Chuck Palahniuk <laughs> Trivia. Pygmy? Pygmy. And a tender. Please, pick me for Pygmy, won't you please? It is a t- Pygmy. It is a t- and a ten dollars uh, Wendy's gift card. Uh, Manchuria candidate meets South Park is how you can describe the new hit book Pygmy, Chuck Palahniuk's finest novel since the generation-defining Fight Club. Pygmy skewers the apple pie notions of faith, family, and the American way alongside a tale of redemption and love. Available wherever books are sold now. You will also qualify to win a grand prize, a Reader's Digest. Uh, I'm sorry, a Reader's Digest. <laughs> Let me start this again. What's going on, champ? <laughs> You're not winning anything from Reader's Digest. Let's clarify that right now. I hope it's a jitterbug phone. You... I've won one of them. <laughs> you know what throws me off is that it says Charles Polinick, and I'm constantly having to adjust, adjust it in my head. Is he? I always hear Charles Polidant in my head. Is he adjusting? The... Is he? He's not trying to redefine himself for a new generation, is he, Sarah? No, I don't think so. It's the Manchurian Candidate meets South Park, the hit book pygmy Charles Polinick's. Finest novel since the generation-defining Fight Club. It skewers apple pie notions of faith, family, and the American way. Available wherever books are sold now. You've also qualified to win the grand prize, a reader digital book, uh, PRS505 by Sony, and a coupon code to download Pygmy. Also check out the new Wendy's Frosty Chino. Ladies and gentlemen, a hand-spun real dairy frosty made with real coffee and chocolate-covered toffee. You will win a $10 Wendy's gift card and a copy of the new Chuck Palahniuk book, Pygmy. If you can be caller 10 right now and correctly answer this question, Sarah? At what Portland location did Chuck Polinick or Charles Polinick write the majority of his book Survivor as well as get the idea for the job of the main character? There you go. If you can correctly answer that question and be caller 10 at 503-228-4101, you want to copy the Chuck Polinick book Pygmy and the $10 Wendy's gift card. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us on whatever this is. Is it Thursday? It's Thursday. Is this a sex is change in Astoria? Sex change in a, what kind of? Oh, it's sea change. Sea of change. No, I was reading the uh, article below it. They're adding music to uh, Edward's Plan 9 from Outer Space at the Hollywood Theater. I was. Uh, this is the front page of the How We Live section. The, yes. uh, today's Oregonian. What do you mean they're adding music? Oh, is this like the Superman thing where they did the mm-hmm. they did the acting live? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's at the Hollywood. 
Yes, it is. I dig that place, man. You know who? Uh, the Hollywood Theaters. That's that's the Film Action Oregon. We were uh, just there. Group. We did the uh, yeah. We did the the Oscar night uh, ceremony for those guys. So they did this thing with the. In fact, it was with the Max Fleischer Superman cartoons, where they had the original prints of the Superman cartoons, and they left. I think the. I think they left the sound effects intact, but the music and acting was done live right there in the theater, uh, which, was, which was just awesome. And they've done it a few different times since. Now they're doing live musical accompaniment to Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yes. That is fantastic. Wonderful. That sounds amazing. Uh, this stream lots of emails about our good friend uh, uh, Amanda Madison. This one says, Amanda isn't hot, but she does have potential. That guy, though, I think he just smells like a basement. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, all right, coming up here in, I don't know, about the 12 minutes or so, we're going to talk to Don Rawich. Uh, he is the lead creator of the video game Oregon Trail, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm totally going to buy that. one of those Oregon Trail shirts that we keep talking about. One that just says you died of dysentery? Yes. I've got, I was going to say I have an idea for an Oregon Trail shirt, but it's not so much as an idea, it's not an idea so much as it is a thing I saw once. I, I don't even want to say it, uh, because I think I'm going to actually just create it and sell it myself. I was on uh, some some totally unrelated message board. This is like maybe two, three years ago. It was like FARC or something. And I was looking at reading some thread about something or other. And somebody had put up the greatest Oregon Trail. I'll just say it. Screw it. Just uh, say it. Some guy had put up the greatest Oregon Trail graphic. And I thought, oh, that's awesome. I got to buy that on a shirt. And I immediately went online looking for the graphic everywhere. And I couldn't find it. And so I for the and I actually spent about a day or two kind of in my off uh, hours just spending a few minutes at a time looking for this logo because I thought well okay if this doesn't exist in other words if he made this graphic just to put up in this message board then then it doesn't exist and I can make it into a shirt and sell it but if you know I don't want to steal somebody else's idea um but he what he done it was a story that had taken place in Oregon I forget what the news story was but the guy had created obviously just for the purposes of posting in this message board and he wasn't selling it as a shirt or anything. It was just, it was a screen capture of that thing where it says, you have died of dysentery. Mm-hmm. And then it was a big stamp, like a big red stamp across it that said, Oregoned, which I thought was the best thing ever. And so somebody really needs to make the Oregoned shirt. And I figured that it was from an online t-shirt company, but apparently it was just a little thing he made just to make, to, to underscore his point in mm-hmm. this message board on FARC. Um, but yeah, the, anyway, so, uh, Oregon Trail, we'll talk to Don Rawich, who created that game along with two other folks here in a few minutes. Later on, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week at the news desk. It's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Wow. Now your water bill is going to go up 17 bucks. That's bad. This, uh, well, the Portland City Council, first of all, approved a raise for the mayor, the commissioners, and voted to raise your utility bills. Now, they already have $400,000 in the kitty to begin with, which is already your tax money. Wait a minute. So, so the city the city council voted to what? Yes. They approved a raise for the mayor and the commissioners and all uh, non-union employees. So how does that... Okay, so the city council... Uh, so the union employees are already going to get a 3% increase. Everyone else said, well, it's unfair for them to get a raise if we don't. Wait, does the city council... Can they approve... Yes, they can approve whatever they want. But I mean, do they, can, they, can they give themselves money? Sure. Really? Yes. That must be pretty cool. That's, that's why like, you want to be a politician. Well, that's why I guess you line your pockets as long as you can. Oh man, just a real, real quick. I want to get sidetracked on this now. But so, did you watch Anderson Cooper last night? I did not. Um, so he's on vacation. So it's what's his name? The Magic Map guy, John King. Uh, so John King is is hosting Anderson Cooper. John King, even more than Ander- maybe it's not more than Anderson Cooper that he has a weakness for these sort of tantalizing, titillating teases. But he doesn't he doesn't pull it off as well as Anderson Cooper. So it seems a little more manipulative. Because John King said something like, there was a tease very much like, 
Coming up later on, we'll tell you about a controversial law that's been passed involving hundreds of nude women. And it was like the most pandering, manipulative, ham-fisted. And you waited all through the commercial break, didn't you? Well, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> so it was also effective. But um, but anyway, they were talking about, what's her name? Uh, Sotomayor or whatever whatever that was. The, Sotomayor. The, 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 uh, Sot- Sotomayor. The uh, the nominee for the Supreme Court, uh, that is just, I know I said this yesterday, but it continues to be true today. They are just, man, they, they are they are just going to, they're going to carve her up uh, like she is the Christmas goose. Uh, and I, it should, and you know what? And I, I don't care one way or the other. I really don't. I have no, it, I, I have, I have so little faith that the system works in any way that it doesn't matter to me whether she gets confirmed or not, because really, who cares? I mean, like the no, no, no. It's the most important Supreme Court appointment in a generation. Always a lie, never true. Nothing ever changes. Doesn't matter. Which means that I can just observe it as a spectator. And man, that is going to be like, that is going to be just like hammer and and tongs fist in the face confirmation for her. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. Um, so, but back on whatever it was we were talking about, the city council and Sam Adams and the, the water rates. Here's a silly question, Tim Riley. You, you yes. understand such things as a slumlord. Uh, slumlord. I'm a very good slumlord. When when they say that your water bill is going to go up, I don't mean to sound daft, but what is that? How do they determine that? In other words, like, is there is that the, the when the guy comes I, I by? There's a flat rate. He okay. So there isn't that isn't there, like there, a meter reading thing, right? No, no there, there there's no way. Uh, like they can't tell how much water I use, can they? Like if I just sure. let, yeah, they can. How? How the, the water meter reader? If you have such a thing. Okay, but I thought that meter was electricity. Yeah, they have that. Okay, but there is a meter that tells how much water you use. I'm not sure what they have in Portland. Some places might. I mean, I think maybe in front of my house in Kennewick, there was maybe a water meter. There's an electric meter. There's a gas meter. Probably not a water meter. Usually, a water water is a flat rate. Okay, so there's no. In other words, if I just let the tap run just all day and all night, the city wouldn't know that. They couldn't charge me more. No. Because I'm tempted to do that just to sort of screw them back for, I mean, if they're going to keep Well, one this, person can't do anything. No. <laughs> well, that's certainly true, Tim. Hey, that's, why bother? That's the lesson that you should take away from uh, CBS I mean, uh, Radio News. that's the first thing to think about before you... One person cannot make a difference anywhere, ever. They so only do on PSAs. You really should. When you're talking about sex with your children, <laughs> so they don't learn it elsewhere, like in some dark alley. Oh. <laughs> what? Talking you, about sex with your oh, <laughs> you meant emphasize the speaking wrong. with your children about sex. Yes, not what do you think I was talking about <laughs> sex with your children. No, 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 no. We no, don't approve you know, all those conversations you have. No, we're not talking about something in Washington State. I want to know where that PSA is, where we're talking about sex with your children, so they don't learn it elsewhere, like in the streets. <laughs> Who better learn from than you? Come give daddy a hug. Uh... Wow, that went to a dark place almost immediately. <laughs> Why did you think about that? I wasn't even thinking like that. Because you... All right. Uh, well, let's let's talk about the 31-pound cat, shall we? That's yeah, a, let's, let's, let's do this. Do we have to... Sarah, are we... Okay. We're here, or let's, I don't know what we're doing. We're, gonna, we're here. We're gonna, Tim, we're going uh, to do something slightly different. Uh, and we have the organ... Speaking uh, of sex. Yes. Um... Then we'll talk to Don Rawich, who's the lead creator of the video game Oregon Trail. Then we'll take a look at what me what might be the world's the world's largest cat, or as uh, as Anderson uh, as Anderson Cooper says. No, I don't have I don't have the the cat cut. Uh, so th- we'll do this. We'll come back uh, in about seven minutes. We're going to talk to Don Rawich, who is the lead creator for the video game Oregon Trail. Then Tim Riley returns with more news, as only he can deliver it. Because if you don't get your news from Tim, you're going to get it out on the street. Uh, nobody wants that. It's Rock 101 KUFO. 
web blog, streaming, podcasts, and complete archives of everything. Who's an obedient girl? I am. Visit KUFO.com right now. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. That is our telephone number. Uh, don't forget, coming up at 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. More news from Tim Riley. Tim, what headlines are we tracking on this Thursday morning? Well, we have all kinds of... We have Bill Clinton, who says a kid came up to him and called him Hillary's wife. You know. Say, would you fly on an airline charging only $9 a seat? Now, we're talking about these pilots only making 12 bucks. They're probably making less than that. And Coulter says uh, Sonia Sotomayor made a racist comment. And GM is still in business so far today. And uh, don't forget, tomorrow we're going to be talking to Family Guy mastermind Seth McFarlane. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a lie, what I said right now. We're going to be talking to him later on today, like 11, what is it, 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock? 10.51. Really? Uh-huh. 10.51 today, I'll be speaking with Family Guy uh, creator Seth McFarlane. Uh, we'll play that back tomorrow. We'll also be joined in the studio by Aaron uh, Geek in the city, uh, Durant. Speaking of geeks and games, it is a real honor to welcome to the Rick Emerson Show uh, a man you may not know his name initially, but you certainly know... Uh, you may not know his name, but you know his game. He is Don Rawich, and he is one of the creators of the seminal video game, Oregon Trail. Hello, sir. How are you today? Good. How are you, Rick? I am fantastic, uh, my friend. And I, just to, to give you a little bit of a, a back story on, on why we're having this conversation, when I'm not uh, here doing the radio show, I, I do this, uh, this TV show on the weekends, and I was off... At the TV uh, studio, and we were and we were filming, and we were in a break. We were in a commercial break, and I forget how the subject even came up. I was, I think it was, we were interviewing somebody, and the guy was from New York City, and he had mentioned video games somehow. And I said to him, because this is a sort of a thing that I kind of wonder about off and on. I asked him, I said, hey, you know, you, we're about the same age. You went to school in New York City. Did you ever play a video game called Oregon Trail? And the guy said, I totally played Oregon Trail. And and somebody else who was in the room said. Hey, I played that too, and I'm from Florida. And then somebody else said, I played it too, and I grew up in Minnesota or something. Everybody in the room was from a different state, different parts of the country. Everybody had played the Oregon Trail video game. And then everybody immediately made a, you died of dysentery joke. Um, So all that having been said, did you know that this game was still so popular and so widely known, or did that kind of catch you by surprise? Because you obviously had, you know, you gone on and done many other things with your life. Did you know that this was out there kind of becoming a cult phenomenon? Well, uh, it, it certainly was popular um, during the uh, 80s and into the 90s, especially in the education market, which is uh, what we originally designed it for. But um, I, I wasn't really aware of uh, how the popularity had hung on until my son, a couple of years ago, who was in college, told me to, uh, I needed to check out Facebook because there were Oregon Trail groups and campuses all over the country. That is so awesome. Uh, tell me a little bit about how the game came to be. I know you and some other guys put it together, and, uh, and then the rest is history. But what is the genesis of the game? Okay, well, it started, uh, people may not realize, 38 years ago, back in the fall of 1971. I was going to college at Carleton College in Minnesota, and had two friends, Paul Dillenberger and Bill Heineman, and the three of us were doing our student teaching that fall to prepare for for getting teaching certification. Uh, We were teaching in the Minneapolis Public Schools, which was a district that was one of the pioneers in the use of computers in classrooms, 
And uh, uh, Paul and Bill uh, knew a little bit about computer programming, and I was teaching kids about the westward movement in uh, junior high history. And it just kind of came to us, maybe there was something we could do on the computer that would uh, help me out in my history class. So uh, one weekend, uh, they lugged home the large teletype machine, which is how you access computers back then, and uh, we kind of knocked the thing together. How long did it take to create, to get front to back, and to have a working version of the game before you sort of did the polishing on it? How long did it take to create Oregon Trail? Uh, Probably about a week. And did you have any notion at that point that it was going to be, I mean, did you make this to sell commercially or was it going to be strictly a thing that was going to be given for educational purposes? What was your what was your goal with the game? Well, back then, uh, before personal computers, there wasn't really a, a consumer market for, for software applications like games. So uh, we did it uh, for, for use in schools. And then after we were done practice teaching, uh, it kind of sat on the shelf, so to speak, for a couple of years until uh, in 1974, I went to work for an organization called the Minnesota Educational Computing Consortium, which is a mouthful. Acronym is MEC, and MEC was uh, set up in Minnesota to help schools uh, get the best use out of computers, and uh, it kind of went from there. And actually, this is this is a, a perfect confluence with uh, sort of my own life and how I came to uh, uh, to play Oregon Trail. We're talking with uh, Don Ra, which was one of the creators and developers of the game. I remember sitting in, we had this sort of activity center we would go to at my school, and we had, I believe it was an Apple IIc was was the computer, and I could be wrong about that, but it was the had this sort of monochromatic, it was the, the green on black screen, right. and Oregon Trail, there were two versions, actually. We had two computers right next to each other, and I think they must have been two different generations of the game, because one, you would hunt by typing the word POW, or BAM, or something, and then the other one, you actually would press the space bar as the deer or whatever was kind of sprinting by, and you try to hit it with this burst of dots that I guess was supposed to be the, the gun. Am I, am I remembering that correctly, that there were yeah. different ways to do that? Yeah, you're correct. Uh, since the original version predated personal computers, uh, it was delivered via a mainframe which could only output text. So what you were seeing on the one screen was uh, a kind of an Apple version of that original mainframe uh, uh, com- computer game. And- but uh, just uh, when uh, when I got to Mech uh, and we started working with personal computers like the Apple, uh, then we had programmers that could create the uh, graphics and animation needed to do the hunting that you saw. And I think one of the reasons why Oregon Trail just had such a huge impact and why so many people know it, uh, obviously the game is a lot of fun to play, and it's also and and plus the other thing is you could also say no 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 I'm not playing a video game I'm learning because it was one of the only it was one of the only video games and in fact to my memory the only video game that we were allowed to play at school because everything else was sort of like you were goofing off. But if you're playing Oregon Trail, especially growing up in the Northwest, as I did, you know, it was considered, I mean, you, you were sort of, uh, you know, you were boning up on, on the history of, of the region. Um, so everybody seizes on the you died of dysentery thing for some reason. And I think maybe it's because it's just linguistically, it's kind of a funny sounding word or whatever. But it, do, do you, is it at all possible for you, from memory, can you t- can you tell me all the ways to die in Oregon Trail? If you are, if, uh, because I know the I think your oxen or something can they can they can die my too. My oxen always drown. Really? Is that you trying to cross a river? Yes, me and my oxen. So, uh, 
Well, there are a number of ways to die, but let me just say this. One of the things I did early on was to go and find um, in the library copies of diaries of people that actually traveled the trail. I went through the diaries, and I kind of kept score of how many times certain things happened to people, and then went into the computer program and set the probabilities according to the information from the diaries. So uh, when you did die, at least uh, as, as the game progressed in its development, um, you, you were dying of things or running into problems roughly in the same probability that a, a real pioneer would have. That is so awesome. I, it, it, and I guess I should not be surprised by that, that there is, to whatever degree was possible with the, the computer programming at that time, that the game is, is historically accurate. That is... Uh, that is, uh, you know, that is just that is amazing. So there's, um, so there's uh, drowning. I remember, I remember three. I remember dysentery. I remember drowning, and then I think you could get a broken leg you or something. You could starve too. I you believe. could starve. Yeah. That's right. Well, if you yeah, if you didn't keep your food supply up, you could starve. If you didn't get through uh, the the mountains uh, in the the Rockies and Cascades um, uh, before uh, uh, the spring weather came, you could freeze to death, uh, like the Donner Party. We're talking to uh, Don Romwich. He's one of the creators of the game Oregon Trail. Uh, Sarah, my uh, my producer Sarah, has a, a friend of hers. Your friend Kelsey claims yes. that there is a secret code or a secret something rather you can well, put maybe in. Well, it wasn't the... a code, but maybe it was like she had all the numbers down correctly. She said that she knew how to beat the game. Like, is the game possible to be beaten? It's, well, you can succeed at the game, but is there are there no Easter eggs or hidden codes or anything in the in the original yeah, version? Are no, there? not really. And that there's there's so many um, different probabilities that work simultaneously that you know it probably never plays exactly the same twice. But one thing I noticed when we took it into classrooms or did teacher workshops. When people first played the game, about half of them died along the way. And then as they played it uh, another time and another time, of course, they got smarter about it and, and their survival probability went up. Well, that's just what happened to the pioneers. The first pioneers that traveled the trail in the 1840s, about half of them died along the way. The ones who survived and made it to Oregon then wrote back to the east and said, here's what you need to do. Here's the supplies you need. Here's when you need to hunt and the weather and so forth. And then the trip became safer. Um, I know that with Oregon Trail, I, there's um, uh, you can do it from the iPhone, uh, the iPod Touch, it's the iPhone store. There's, there's the Facebook version. Is that does the game is the game sort of out there now with a life of its own? Um, do they do they still do they consult you guys or ask you or build on the original game in some way for these new versions, or is it is it sort of from the ground up? Well, um, the the game has gone through, I'd say, eight to ten um, in, improvements over time, and most of those were done uh, through the organization I mentioned, MEC. Uh, didn't necessarily involve myself, but other people who had technical and, and historical skills and knowledge. Uh, today, the rights are owned by a company called River Deep, and uh, and they do sell it on their website. It's it's probably not you know in the top ten anymore, so to speak, but. You can still buy a copy. Um, what are you uh, What are you up to now? I know your life has taken you in a lot of different places since Oregon Trail was uh, was created. What um, Where are you at right now with your with your life? What are you doing? Well, most of my career was spent in the educational technology field. Uh, I'm currently an independent consultant uh, that works with companies, uh, most of whom are in the technology business one way or the other, to um, help them improve their businesses. And final question I have to ask you, have you ever uh, seen in person or have you seen for sale online those shirts that just say, you died of dysentery, the Oregon Trail shirt? 
I'll tell you, I'm wearing one right now because the guys that created that um, found me and sent me one for free. That is fantastic. Uh, well, Don Rawich, I have to say, although it is many, many years removed, uh, thank you for making my school experience just a little bit more enjoyable uh, and for, uh, as, as cheesy as this might sound, for really making education, uh, uh, for one brief shining moment when I was in front of that computer monitor, making it, uh, making it entertaining. So thank you for that, my friend. Glad to hear that. All right. Best of continued success in all things, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right, there you are. That's uh, Don Rawich, ladies and gentlemen, one of the creators of the video game Oregon Trail. That was awesome. That was how, really cool. How cool was that guy? Live, local, and relatable. Seriously, that's yeah. the best thing that's ever happened. Ever, ever. And I'm, and I'm including, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the invention of penicillin. All right, it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Uh, we have Tim Riley coming your way in just moments with more news. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week will be here as well. This is Shine Down. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Stay there. More of the Rick Emerson Show continues next. I mean, it looks like a russet potato with legs. On Rock 101 KUFO. All right, then. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Telephone number is 503-228-4101. That is in the great city of Portland. Uh, if you are outside of our area, it's one, if you're not from around here, it's 1-800-344-KUFO. Coming up here in just short order, we'll touch Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week, ladies and gentlemen. At the news desk, this is your personal savior, Tim Wright. In the news with Tim Riley. You're going to get in trouble for adding the word the to Willamette Week. You know, I, sometimes, here's the thing about that. Sometimes I remember to do it and sometimes I don't. Uh, it's just whether I stop to kind of take a second to really review the sentence before it leaves my mouth. So it's just a straight the. You know what it is? It's like that whole thing when, and most people do this. See, there's things that I get hung up on linguistically that most people don't because most people either don't know or don't care. Um, my thing is, I am constantly saying I-E when I mean E-G. For example, people say, uh, well, you know, what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to get uh, some food, I-E a hot dog, which is not what you mean. When people say I-E, what they really mean is E-G. That's the correct thing. So you'll say like I-E Marshall. What? I-E Marshall instead of E-G Marshall. <laughs> no. That was fantastic. I see what you did there. And I like it. Here's Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is now 743. We're in for several sunny days in a row, high temperatures in the 80s. Here's what folks are going to be talking about around the water cooler today. What to do with a 31-pound cat? Yes, you heard right, a 31-pound cat. That is the dilemma the Humane Society of Southwest Washington County faces. Since it was anonymously dropped off Saturday, well, this cat has lost a little bit of weight, doesn't have a name yet. And because he is overweight, there are a few health-related problems, just as a human would. When adopted, by the way, there's going to be a strict diet that must be followed and lots of exercise, which is mandatory. Here's the thing. I have two questions. One, I guess the first question is just a smaller version of the second question, which is how could there be any problems with the cat? And the reason I ask that is because it seems like the crazy cat woman, there are so many of them around, and they all have so many freaking cats at their house. I find it difficult to believe that there are cats at the Humane Society shelter anyway. Do you know what I mean? Because the crazy cat lady is always looking for five more. I mean, is it like... Well, they have a huge room full of cats there. But I mean, but I guess that's my thing, though, is why is that? Because because the crazy cat lady, I mean, five cats, 5,000 cats. She doesn't care. She'll take as many as, she'll take as many as she can get. So it seems like 
like the, the Catwoman would and, and all of her ilk would just be going by the Humane Society every day and just kind of scooping up whatever they had. Unless the Humane Society knows that and they don't give cats to the crazy cat lady. There's a sign there, please. No crazy cat lady adoption. I be, actually, I think I answered my question. I think that's probably what it is. Because I think if you come by and you've just got like the crazy uh, curler hair. Your... body type <laughs> that's not allowed. They show a silhouette of it what, with an X through it in a circle. If you look like you're from Britain's Got Talent, uh, they say, oh, I'm sorry. No, She's in trouble for for uh, using profanity at a hotel. What's her name? Susan Boyle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, have you noticed this? Did you catch this thing? And see, here we are. You know, last week, Tim, we're inadvertently becoming relatable. Uh, last week, you talked about American Idol because because uh, Kiss... And here we're talking about a show not even seen in America, which was seen by more people on YouTube who than will ever see it on television. Well, and here's... And I would bet at this point... This is just my theory, because uh, Sarah is my sort of canary in the coal mine for some of these kind of things. That I would bet that more people... How do I put this? I bet that there are people in America who would never watch American Idol who have actually followed that Susan Boyle woman online. Yeah. Because... It's not even American Idol. It's Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, because she has that uh, because she has that sort of great personal story. Because like, that's the first time I heard of her was when I came to the studio, and Sarah was watching whatever that song... Whatever the first song she she kind of got famous with. What was that? What was the song oh, she did? I can't remember. That performance because you sat and watched it in the studio, and I was like, "Who is that singing?" And he said, "Oh, it's some woman from Britain's Got Talent." Who looks like yeah, completely bonkers, and then has the most amazing voice. Yeah. Um, although I have noticed this that the media they clearly, and we'll see if this this business of her having the torrent of profanity in front of her hotel, and I guess she flipped off the camera too. She did that backward V that's the British middle finger. Yes. I guess she flipped off the camera, and she's like, you know, sod it, you know, or whatever. Uh, so I don't know. Well, if they... she roared, "How effing dare you! I can't effing talk. You can't effing talk to me like that." Don't talk to me like that. What did they say to her? I don't well, know. Apparently... I think it was the paparazzi. I think. Yeah, uh... they're driving her nuts. Well, because you know, but I mean, you can't you can't go on that show in front of a billion people and then sort of complain about that. Um, but I have noticed that it, it, we'll see if this sort of it removes a little bit of that glow from her. But the media clearly has a vested interest in the outcome of her personal arc because that thing she did the other night, which is the, uh, was that the, what is that song from? Memory. Is that song that every kid sings at their freaking, yeah, uh, my, uh, yeah, my place in the sun, whatever that. So she was singing that, and it had a real strong finish, which is what everybody showed. They were like, and now Susan Boyle finishing that song that every damn child sings at their high school, whatever. And uh, she was finishing it up. But if you watched the beginning of her performance, she came out of the gate and just stumbled like uh, badly. Uh, I mean, not like I'm a great singer, but the, like, the first thing out of her mouth, she just says, it's, I mean, it was honestly that bad. I mean, it was, and but no one really showed that. They all kind of focused right on the end because I think they figured out. Even Simon Cowell must know because he gave her a standing ovation for that performance. And I think those guys know that the public loves her so much that if they if they don't kind of go along with it, that they'll just be killed. Uh, yes. that, that people will just uh, people will not stand for that. So finding new markets online, Gillette Razors knows that they have to expand their business. So they've come up with one, two, three, four, five videos of shaving things you're not... Well, people don't talk about shaving. These are uh, private areas, Tim? These are private areas. They include the armpit. This is for guys now. The armpit, the chest, the back, the head, and the groin. Here's... Oh, am I potted up? Well, which, sure which, which one are we starting <laughs> with here? This is the groin. Well, let's. Uh, well, we can start. Let's, let's we can start on the armpits. Tim, let's well, we work our way to anything. the groin. Let's not start at the groin. Let's what? start at the head. Where's the? <laughs> we're we're going to start at the top. No, 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 Tim. Start at the top and work your way down. 
Yeah. Uh, let's, uh... If your grass is patchy, mow the lawn. There are better places to spend your cash than the barber. Trim before you shower and shampoo before you shave. Then lather with some shave gel to help moisturize and hydrate so you your put scalp. It on his head. Use smooth, light strokes and, and shave from front to back while shaving the sides of your scalp. Using a mirror while shaving the back of your head will help that you see dangerous. what you're doing. Use upstrokes, letting the razor do the work. So that's okay, sad. do people really need to be taught how to shave? I mean, is that is that where we are as a society? How is it that razors... I mean, because they market that razor now is doing everything but giving you like a full body rub and making you toast when it's done. Yes. How is it that we, we now need Gillette to go online and create three-minute videos demonstrating how the razor actually works? Presumably, unless your back is made out of gravel, it's going to work on your back the same way it works everywhere else. I mean, so I would imagine. Well, let's go to Chris Brown, who went online to the YouTube also. To tell us all he's not all that crazy. Yeah, I'm telling you, we're not... We're not... And I, and I don't do all this talking on the, on the thing. This is just some new stuff I'm doing. I just want to say what up, because I ain't been out there in a minute. But new album, going to be coming soon. We're working on it real, right now. It's crazy. It's called Graffiti. Got everything on it. You know what I'm saying? So y'all be, y'all be ready for that. Wait, where is this? single this summer for y'all. So we ain't going nowhere. Everybody, uh, everybody that's haters, they just been haters. All my real fans, I love y'all. I ain't a monster. Believe that. Wow, he sounds amazingly intelligent. Wow, yeah. somebody, uh, somebody he should be standing on an overpass, throwing rocks at. Car- well, no, nobody should be doing. Somebody that. managed to evade his PR handlers for five minutes, found his way toward a video camera. That's, by the way, that's why press people exist because they are the filter between you and the public. It's like Mariah Carey when the, uh, there was that she reached that sort of weird pinnacle where she was powerful enough that she could speak unfiltered to the press and the record company couldn't stop her because she and she wasn't married to what's his name tommy Matola from sony but she was also crazy enough that she should never have been allowed to speak to the public and that's when she went on mtv and she was just wearing like hot pants and no bra and giving everybody popsicles which is like the best thing ever so there you go uh straight from straight from chris brown he uh he ain't no monster just uh fyi yep. Let's to the shaving thing for just one second though i feel we, we left that too quickly oh so I understand I understand the deal with shaving your scalp and yeah. why they would feel the need to talk about that because that's a thing that's sort of puzzling to me because I I know a lot of guys who do that like you, the guys who will get you know they start to go bald and they'll do the chickless where they just you know they, they take it all off and I think that's a part of your body that's not used to having a razor on it so it seems like you could things could go sort of badly there but what I don't get is the business of shaving your back. Like, I don't even know how you would do that. Shaving your back? Yeah. I mean, like, how is that even? But that seems like a thing you would have to have professionally done because otherwise yeah, you're just. Yeah, you'd only, like, get, like, little patches, I think. I mean, yeah, because you can really only shave your shoulder blades at that point. I mean, because otherwise, and you're going to be at the wrong angle, right? You're going to be able to press down well, the maybe razor Gillette correctly. Gillette will be able to tell us how to shave hey, our is, backs. Hey, is Gillette able to give us some tips on shaving our backs, Tim? Not, uh, they not, might our, later. not us right. specifically. I mean, they, people they like might us. later when it, when it loads up. A more hirsute <laughs> uh, version of us. No. Because I thought we were moving on to this interesting story. Because you were talking about the way that the press used to be controlled. Yes. Well, take an old school performer like Bob Hope. Now, his wife still has a press handler, and she just celebrated her 100th birthday. And according to the press, Dolores Hope is a little changed. Her white hair is richly coiffed. Her skin is smooth. Her voice deep and warm. And she celebrated her birthday in a wheelchair, and she couldn't be happier. Even though it looks like her head is being held onto the rest of her body by one vein. Her hair is richly coiffed. Her skin is smooth. Does she have a hat with a little, a little price tag hanging off of it, too? 
Good God Almighty. She's a hundred? Yeah, she's a hundred. I know that. Uh, look, I know that we say this a lot, but it seems like she ought to be even Your older skin than is that. Smooth, is I dispute that her skin is smooth. <laughs> it's pretty smooth. Her voice I... deep and warm. Oh, that's that's that. She doesn't look that bad for a hundred. No, but she no. looks like she looks like that woman in the Drag Me to Hell uh, uh, trailer. <laughs> she looks like I'm sure she appreciates hearing yes. that. No, she. You uh, should send her a letter and tell her that. She, she looks like if you watch the trailer for Drag Me to Hell, she looks like that woman in the law office underneath the hell. I can see somebody reading that to her on stage as she sits in a. Why, Mrs. Hope? They think you look like a celebrity. Who? The woman in Drag Me to Hell, who is a succubus of souls. Dick Cheney hopes you have a good day. The uh, Obama administration is now facing a, a major test. The fact is, North Koreans are one of the worst operators in the world today. Uh, you've got to find some way to change the course they're on, or they're going to be a, a major threat. One of the things that I think is the wrong thing to do is at this particular time to cut our program for missile defense in the Defense Department. Uh, that's more important than ever. Uh, I'm going uh, to crack open your bones and lick your marrow like it was sweet, sweet candy. Just so you know. Uh, Dennis Miller says a drawing laser would stop the North Koreans cold. We can also get them when they're marching. You know, they got that weird rocket march where they lift the leg up in the air. We perfect some GPS groin laser from space, fire a beam down, <laughs> sever the groin down on the plant leg, get it flapping around like a broken window shade. What? Bam, we're in on them. And you know their dogs are going to join in because they've been on the menu for so long, they're looking to get up and out. What just happened? I don't understand what that was. <laughs> Seriously, that almost sounded like that was like some weird Dennis Miller word salad, like Burroughs style, yeah. where they just cut up a bunch of his other uh, metaphors and analogies and threw it up into the air and taped it back together in a random order. So that that was Dennis Miller. Goo goo goojub. All right. Let's do this. Uh, let's take a, a break. We come back. Uh, we have Kelly Clark who will join us from the Willamette Week. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get ahead of ourselves with the shaving thing, Tim. I, I thought they were all of a piece there. I thought oh, they were all one I'm, long video. I'm like video. a juggler uh, with several things going on at once. Is it a series of videos? It's it's not one long video about no, shaving. No, no, no. It's about a half dozen ones. You know, you, you have you know a half dozen advertising guys in one room. Somebody gets the armpit. Somebody gets the back. And uh, the newest guy, well, he, he gets what nobody else wanted. Bob. Well, the new guy always gets the shaft, Tim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rick Emerson. It's Rock 101 KUFO. I love my music. I think you should mix it up a little. I think you should do uh, Eye of the Tiger today and then like tomorrow do Burning Heart by Survivor from Rocky Four. I don't think I know that song. In the Burning Heart. Just about to something. There's a quest for did you, want, did you want to sing it behind me while I talk? This or Burning Heart? <laughs> no, Burning Heart tomorrow. I can if you like. Okay. I can do it right now. Okay. I can't really do it right now. Okay. I, I only know those, those four <laughs> words. Well, hello, my friends. I am here to talk to you right now about MaxMuscle.com. Yes, summer is approaching. Actually, it's pretty much here. It's going to be like 85 degrees today. And if uh, you, like me, are kind of not so stoked on putting on your bathing suit in public and you want to kind of start taking better uh, care of yourself, this is where you should go check it out, MaxMuscle.com. So they are there to help the average person um, if you want to just lose weight or get in better shape, they can provide advice for you. If you head to one of their stores, their employees are all sports nutritional specialists. So if you go in there, it isn't some random person not knowing what they're talking about. They can actually help you with whatever problem you wanted to fix out. As for me, you know, if I'm going to the stripper pool all summer, I don't want to be too squishy. So I'm actually going to meet up with them next week and get on a program for myself so that I can actually start feeling good about myself this summer. So they can help you lose a set amount of weight or just become stronger at the weight you're at. Uh, go to MaxMuscle.com for more details, including product and store locations. MaxMuscle.com.
Emerson Show. It's Rock 1 KUFO. It is Thursday morning, and good morning to you. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be talking to Family Guy, Mastermind, and Maven, Seth McFarland, ladies and gentlemen, as well as Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. Uh, we'll be joined here in just a uh, few moments by Kelly Clark from uh, Willamette Week, and by a few moments, I mean now. Hello, Kelly. Hey there. Nice to be back. And is it true that you're talking about the great town of Lentz today? I am. Well, we did a big story, a cover story, mostly focused, obviously, on whether they're going to build the Beaver Stadium there. But a more important question emerged, which is no one knew where Lentz was and no one knew anything about it. Here's the thing. I don't really know where Lentz is. And in fact, even though I am am from the Northwest in some fashion and I've lived here for 11 years, up until just moments ago, I thought it was spelled with a Z at the end. (laughs) L-E-N-Z. Yeah, uh, well, lucky you asked, because we have a map in the paper that shows you exactly where Lentz is, but just to clue you in, it's 82nd Avenue to 122nd between Powell and, like, McGla- and uh, what is it, uh, Johnson Creek Boulevard. So kind of that whole Eastport Plaza area, you are in Lentz when you go there. That's not part of Felony Flats, is it? Oh, yes, it is. No, it was <laughs> I thought, now see, I thought Felony Flats oh, was... Oh, we've had this conversation. Felony Flats is Wait, Lentz. Hold on, hold on. So wh- which way is Johnson Creek Felony Boulevard? Flats Johnson Creek Lentz. Boulevard is to the south. It is to where it's the, like, it's where the big. It's where the big bike trail is. So if I... Okay, so it's like toward... So if I'm on Powell, uh, it, it is like toward like Woodstock. Yeah, it's yeah. past Woodstock. Uh, yeah, okay, so Lentz mm-hmm. is... So Felony Flats is... Felony Flats is Felony. Joe Don Baker, who is Lentz. <laughs> Yes. All right. Excellent. And so, is so the we're telling people to go there. Well, no. I think uh, the map is so you can drive around the, the, it. Well, you know, I mean, let's be honest. There's some cool. There's some cool restaurants down there. Eastport Plaza has a Buffalo Wild Wings if you so choose to go there, and I believe it has a Walmart. So yeah, you're right. Oh, it is kind I, of. It is kind of where you want to avoid. They have a great yeah. um, movie theater there. Oh, Eastport they do. Plaza, that's where yeah, I Eastport go. Plaza is, is that the Eastport Cent- the Century mm-hmm. 16? The Century 16. Yeah, there's a Walmart, and there used to be a GI or a Joe's or whatever. it is. Yeah, I think it might be like a. Joanne Fabric now or something. Mm-hmm. Here's the I thing. really need to go explore Lentz again. Yeah, <laughs> You need to explore the softer side of Lentz? Yes. Hey, wait. Uh, we were just playing that Dennis Miller <laughs> soundbite uh, that sounded like a parody of Dennis Miller. Let me do <clears throat> Let me do my own little uh, Dennis Miller thing. Then we'll go to uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. So later on uh, in the hour, we'll have uh, a, deeper, a, d- a deeper discussion about Lentz. Or, you know, whatever. I've uh, given up things for Lentz before. Damn it! I'm sorry. No! Oh. He beat well, you I, I, Is this because I wouldn't let you play the groin no, shaving I, thing I, I before held, we did the I back thing? I held on to that for Tim like three minutes. Back. I held on to that for three minutes, and I just couldn't stop myself. You can't help Too it, slow. Rick. Too slow, Rick. We have a delay. <laughs> just get rid of that comedy. That's fine. That was going to be I was going to do my whole... Gold. All right, let's see. Let's see if you can beat that. Yeah. Yeah. Sons of bitches. Uh, well, you didn't, you didn't say anything, so I figured... Well, he doesn't have this one. I was wrong. I was I was going to do... Because we just had the Dennis Miller thing where he was... I, and it sounded, didn't it sound to you in that Dennis, and don't get me wrong. He I, should be given his own radio I, show. I do, I do love Dennis Miller. I really do. Um, and, you know, and the thing is, I'm a, I, I was a Dennis Miller fan, like back when he was on SNL. So he sort of grandfathered in because that was before he became uh, like a nutcase about a lot of things. That's before every third sentence had to be radical Islam. So, you know, funny guy. But that sound clip sounded like somebody doing a bad knockoff of Dennis Miller. Mm-hmm. Because it was a bunch of metaphors and analogies that made no sense. I was going to do the whole, no, but, you know, the thing I'm trying to figure out is, you know, what do people in Lentz give up before Easter? Chachi. You know, and then. I'm sorry. Whatever. You know, 
Your apologies ring hollow to my ears. Tim Riley. Will it make you feel better if, I, if you read all these news stories and I sit here? No. All right. Well, then I won't ask. All that's going to make me feel better is the sweet, sweet sucker of time, Tim. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I do feel a sense of guilt. I'll have to give up something else next time for Lent. See, what are you... Th- Good morning. It is... What is even funny the second time? We're in for several sunny days in a row with high temperatures in the 80s. Well, in case you missed out, everybody's going to give each other a raise who runs our city government, and they're going to take everything away from you to pay for it. The mayor and the city council will get a raise out of some fund that has $400 million of your tax money. And then, of course, we're drowning in a 12% unemployment rate, but they're not thinking about that. Then they're going to nickel and dime you to death with utility bill increases. Add six cents to the price of a gallon of gasoline. Eliminate bus routes. Make you wait longer for the max. Lay off more private employees. They're going to make it more difficult to get an education if you are in school. Those of you in middle class are going to take all of this. Oregon University tuition going up 13%, nearly $7,000 a year at most campuses. That's going to mean at least 10,000 students won't uh, be afforded to go to school. And it's going to cut the system's education budget by 30%. But they already have $4 million of your money, so the mayor and the city councilors and the non-union employees can give themselves raises. Well, there was just too much smartifying happening in Oregon already. We were just up to our eyeballs in intelligent people, so... Mm. And in other news, apparently the city just has $400 million sitting somewhere that they weren't going to tell us about. Mm. Just a vast, like, Scrooge McDuck-esque reservoir of money that was not being used. Meanwhile, a store clerk in Tacoma turned the tables on a would-be robber, whacking him with his own homemade weapon. This guy goes into a convenience store, tries to rob the guy with his weapon of choice, which is a piece of wood with nails sticking out. So the store clerk said, give me that thing. And he bashed him with it. And the guy runs out of the store, so now he has nail holes in his back. So that, he's running around somewhere bleeding. And they ought to just take that thing and just hang it up above the cash register. You know what I mean? It's sort of a totemistic gesture of, uh, you know, of supremacy. Uh, by the way, we were talking about the water meter thing. You were talking about how they were going to uh, yeah. screw us. I'm sorry, help us? Yes, help sc- us. Uh, by, Liberate by... us. Tax shall make you free, Tim. Uh, but by raising our water bill, and I was uh, asking whether or not there's a... Like, if they have any way to tell how much water you've used... Because there's an electrical meter, and I was thinking, well, if they're going to screw us, then I just, like, leave the tap. Like, just pick one faucet and never turn it off. And just have it run all the time. We have to do that in the winter, so the pipes don't freeze sometimes. And this one, you know, I never thought about that, too. I wonder how much money, uh, as a city, we spend every year keeping that water tap running so that things don't explode in the basement. Um, This guy says, yes, there are, in fact, water meters in your house. Don't run your tap all night unless you want to pay for it. Uh, Somebody else says, every house or place of business has a water meter in Portland. You pay in the amount you use. If you leave it running constantly, you will be owned. Please do not do these things. So, all right. So there you go. Just uh, FYI. So there. Say, would you uh, care to fly on an airline that only charges nine bucks per ticket? Yes. No, 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 no. No, I meant no. This is a trick question. This is Jet America. It is not flying around here. But prices start at $9 for a seat and top out at $199. I guess that's where the, someone has uh, more body mass. <laughs> that, uh, that's only for a ticket to the middle of a dirt field somewhere, and then you have to, uh, you have to pay the rest of the way yourself. Uh, so the carrier is starting out by leasing just one Boeing 737. So this must be one of those pilots that makes like 8 bucks an hour. That's, uh, yes. It's the, uh, it's the... Show me your pretty legs there, lady. <laughs> I think the plane is crashing. Just... This is kind of interesting. That's that. Is that the is that the the the, the Brooklyn or whatever? Where was that plane? Was it? It wasn't Brooklyn, was it? No, Buffalo, it, it, Buffalo, Buffalo. Where they're on the co- where they're on the black box and they're looking out at like, the, this at, plane is freezing up. Boy, these wings are icing up. I pity the poor bastard that has to land this plane. By the way, I failed my exam three times. <laughs> also, I'm drunk. You have the most beautiful legs. Hey, let's go to your monogrammed couch. 
There you go. That's uh, that story in 14 seconds by Tim Riley and Rick Emerson. That was kind of a, a recreation of what happened. It's an artist rendering. <laughs> yes, that is not to be. That's not actually. That's sort of a dramatization. Right. Of, of that are we story, still going to get so. to hear the shaving story? We are. Today? We're going to do that right oh, now. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, Gillette has made a series of videos exclusively for the internet. They're trying to tap into new markets where guys don't usually shave or allegedly don't. You mean like in Kansas? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those are shaving your chest, shaving your head, which we already played, and now let's shave our armpits. <laughs> This is like picture pages, but with a blade. Should we all mime it at the same time? Here we go. An empty stable smells better than a full one. It's no secret armpits can get a little ripe. That's because armpit hair and sweat combined promotes the growth of odor-causing bacteria. More and more guys are shaving their armpits. Before you shave yours, you need to trim the hair under your arms and lather with body wash to soften the hair. While in the shower, place a hand on top of There's your like house of pain happening in the background. The Gillette Fusion's comfort guard will gently stretch the skin for a close, comfortable shave. Please stretch my skin. Oh, teaching men how to shave their arms. This is like the most unattractive thing ever. Shot. Mostly because who wants to be with a dude who shaves his armpits? No, not I. Me so you can shave with or against the grain. You may want to wait a few minutes before Gillette applying a sensitive skin deodorant. Right Shaving your armpits is great for minimizing odor. It's awesome. No, don't shave your armpits. They say it's great. Now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. All right, so... No, no, uh, no. Well, who I can both say we do not want a man with shaven armpits. No. Well, see, but I was... Now, see, I was going to ask, because this is a tricky uh, situation, but though, because... Not all armpits are equal. See, that. See, that's my thing, is that, like, there's guys... I like I mean, the hairier, be, the better. Somebody's going to be I like hairy armpits. Well, but, but you see, but, uh, see, but that's the thing. It's like... Uh, no, I, think, I dated a guy who shaved his chest, and it was... Nuts. No, but we see, like, an athlete, like a swimmer or something? No. Cause see, I, it, it, it's just fastidious and just not fun. Well, okay, because here's, like, here's the thing with, uh, like, chest hair is a good example, uh, where I think it would be my assessment, and maybe I'm wrong about this, um, it would be my assessment that there probably is such a thing as the perfect amount of chest hair on a guy. I mean, all things, for, mo- for the average woman. I mean, obviously everybody has their own, like, preferences or whatever. But, like, it, like, you don't want a guy who's, like, waxing his chest probably, but you also don't want a guy where it's, like, you know, it's just, you know, where it's like he's just got a shirt full of dust bunnies. I mean, that's no good. Um, so there probably is a, a middle ground, uh, chest hair-wise. Now, is there a middle ground in terms of, uh, can I believe we're having this discussion, in terms of armpit hair? Well, like, I you suppose know, a guy that's pokes all, out of uh, the bottom of his T-shirt. I see, mean, I don't know, like, T-shirt arm, but, me out. but armpit hair usually also, it's like kind of soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's soft. <laughs> I love it when it rubs against my chin. It has a downy <laughs> sensation that I find quite alluring. I don't know. I don't mind armpit hair. I expect dudes to have hair. Well, I don't want hair on their back, and I would, you know. Okay. See, but that's where. See, but this is where guys get a little neurotic about this. And I understand that. I understand that women deal with way more like body issues than guys do. I'm not. I'm, I'm under no illusions about that. But, uh, but that's the thing where guys get confused. So, like a guy, if a guy trims his underarm hair, that's that would be acceptable. That's I think. Okay. That's fine. He just want to keep it under control. Tastefully. But the he wants to prune. Yeah. But the but the back hair, you think that ought to be just a. The back, See, I don't mind the back. I, I, I want a man to look like a man. I guess the deal is if they have just weird stray hairs, they should go ahead and pluck them or get a girl to pluck them because girls like to pluck things anyway. Okay. Don't what's do there, it for fun. Let me ask you that. Is that true? Yeah. You know, that it's is true. really true, too. Have you ever noticed this? And, and, and I think guys have, every guy has been uh, with a woman who, I hate to be uh, to be gross, but who they've been, women seem to have a strange thing for if you have like a zit or something, a girl Ew, like, hold on, something I do let me not. take it. But you oh, know what? absolutely. Man, I'm not like, uh, it, it, it just, sunburns too. See that, and that's the like other the thing. Peeling. Peeling skin. Oh. If you got a peeling skin, chicks that can't like wait to like be taken off your, taken off your skin like they were making a dress out of you. No, the so, whole zit thing though, that, that is always gross. I, I, uh, I knew it would 
would gross you out. Yeah. I knew it would gross you out, but I've, I mean, I've known a lot of, of women who do it. Because you'll see it. Like, they'll be like, honey, hold still. Oh. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> which is I think guys don't really, no, no, uh, no. guys don't even, you know, guys don't want to do that. Yeah, if there's anything protruding or, yeah, or, or there needs to be some plucking happening. I mean, a woman will groom a man just for fun. So really. Like a monkey. You don't really need Gillette. I'm sorry. Final, uh, final question for you, Sarah. If a guy had, let's say, patchy back hair, I'm you think hair. he leaves it? Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's the answer. I so to speak. Uh, it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Jesus, God. All right. Uh, straight ahead, we'll have the most intimate chapter in the book of shaves. Uh, we'll also talk about this in pop culture things with Kelly Clark. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. This hour of music on KUFO is brought to you by Debit MasterCard. Call 503-228-4101. I'm going to inhale some blueberry jasmine smoke and look arty. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Emerson Show, it's Rock 101 KUFO. We're here with Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. Okay, so during from Willamette Week. So during the break, we were talking about the about his name is Don Rawich, and he is one of three guys. He was the lead writer and creator for Oregon Trail. Uh, and we're gonna put. We've already got some requests for this, but we're gonna put the uh, the interview with the Oregon Trail guy. Uh, that's gonna be up at KUFO.com later today, as it's as an individual uh, you know interview. You can just listen to that. But um, I cannot wait to listen to this. I'm you know, so here's oh, it is an amazing interview. It was really good. And you know, the great thing about that guy is that you go to his because he has a website because he he's essentially sort of a like a COO CEO uh, for hire. He sort of does this independent. Um, he has this independent business where he will uh, head technology companies that are sort of getting off the ground or that need some sort of, you know, they, they need a firm hand on the rudder or whatever, or the tiller or whatever, whatever that thing is. Um, but you go to his website and he lists his history where it's like, you know, I've been the CEO of the following like seven companies, blah, blah, blah. And then as he's listing all of his uh, resume and, you know, all of his experience right at the bottom, Oregon Trail. Um, and which is Greg's 38 years ago, that game was uh, was written. So and he was he was just a really cool guy. So that interview is going to be up at, at uh, KUFO.com. I have the biggest, later. goofiest smile on my face right now. I can't and wait to. Here's I almost don't want to give it away. But at the end of the interview, he says, I won't tell you what it is. Actually, okay. he says the greatest. He has the greatest answer to a question <laughs> ever at the end of that interview. So uh, that'll be up at KUFO. Uh, uh, pardon me. Dot com later on. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. What is. Uh, well, apart from the lens thing. I mean, really, there's nowhere to go once you've talked about lens, right? Is that your cover story? That's our cover story. Lens? Because, you know, it's talking a lot about with the, you know, the residents and talking about the baseball deal. And, and they're really upset. And the Portland Development Commission is actually really not happy about it as well, because it's basically going to suck all the money for all the other projects that they're doing. They'll basically have to give it to that. But, you know, all the things that we found interesting, Woody Guthrie lived there. In Lentz? In Lentz while he was, he rented a house there uh, while he was working on Roland Columbia and all the, you know, Bonneville Power Administration stuff that he did. Uh, Sean Eckert, the guy who, who uh, helped Tanya Harding yeah, uh, bash the, the, Nancy with the Kerrigan. Yeah, that's their other two. That's their two famous residents is uh, Woody Guthrie Maybe and Sean Eckert. Community Center after. <laughs> I know. So our reporter Beth Slovic is doing all of this wonderful, serious reporting about the beavers and everything, and we're like, "Who? Sean Eckert lived there? Like that was the highlight for all of us, of course." Hey, okay. So th- here's I'm going to give you a, <laughs> a, a story idea free from me to you because it's a thing that we did. 
for one day here that went really, really, really well, and I've just never bothered to go back to it because we're essentially a, a lazy people here. And <laughs> uh, and plus, it was a thing that we haven't revisited because it was a it was a day that Sarah wasn't here. Sarah was out of town, and so um, uh, a woman named Kristen Bowie was filling in that day. And so it's just become a thing we never really revisited. I wanted to create sort of the definitive Oregon ridicule flowchart. Ooh. In other words, Portland looks down on Vancouver. Vancouver looks down on Gresham. Mm-hmm. Gresham looks down on Lentz. Lentz. Lent, you know, they look down on Vernonia, whatever. But I wanted to find, but I wanted to figure out exactly how that worked. Like, who was it generally, you know, from a, from a generalized consensus point of view, who was at the top, who was at the bottom? Sure. If you figure that Portland, but see, then again, maybe you're not saying Portland, maybe you're saying like Lake Oswego or Tennisborn. Um, you know, it, it looks down on blank, looks down on blank, looks down on blank. And I'm trying, trying to figure out who, uh, you know, who views what other communities as being beneath them in the pecking order. Sure. And it, it almost has to become a visual thing. It has to be a graphic. Doing it on the radio is, is kind of pointless. You know, if you're talking from the point of Portlanders, I think Oswe- Lake Oswego will actually be at the bottom because I, people in Lentz, they're like, well, it's Lentz, but I don't live in Lake Oswego. <laughs> so, so, it becomes, so it becomes like a circular <laughs> it's kind thing. Of like where a, the, it's like a cred thing. It beca- <laughs> That's some like some. It's like some sort of a community Mobius strip, where exactly. at the end it becomes the beginning all over again. <laughs> hey, while you're here, so you are the uh, arts and culture editor uh, for sure Willamette Week. So uh, this is something that is about both culture and the arts. So Sarah and I had a little bit of this discussion yesterday, and we really mm. didn't get a chance to finish it. But you, this was last night. This falls into the what did Sarah Dillon? Who is Sarah who X Dillon? Um, so you last night with. I don't even know how we're supposed to, and, oh, just a guy, uh, and I apologize for how this sounds, but I can't even keep track of which guy this is. Which guy were this you? This is the hipster boy. I was going to say with, but which guy were you spending time with last I night? I hung out with the This the is hipster. the hipster? Yeah. Hipster boy. Who, what are we calling the other guy? Or, the other guy. Do you know the other guy? Oh. No, we don't speak of him. The hipster. Oh, we don't talk about the other guy? He's the other guy? Off the yeah, list. he's the other guy. All right. So he's, this, he's off the list. Uh, really? How many are on the list? Oh, is he off the list with extreme prejudice? <laughs> no, no, no. Wait a minute. What list? I don't have a list. I don't know. You said it's a mental list. No, no, no. Everyone stop. There's two guys. <laughs> it's always good to keep your options. That open. you have spent social time with recently. There's the hipster. Mm-hmm. Then there's the other guy. Yeah. Is the other guy no longer a person you're spending social time with? Um, I kind of am, but I'm I'm not I'm not interested in that guy like that. It's not going to lead to another no. level. Yes. All right. Okay. So the hipster is the hipster the same guy? The one that you met at Zombie Prom. Okay, and he's the guy that is two years younger than you, and so you're... I'm a cougar. Sarah, I'm, I'm a cougar, and I <laughs> yeah, said, how old are you? Think that I, I, I feel like a cougar. I feel like I'm... Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, no. He you're... graduated high school um, three years after he's I did. Do you tan on a regular basis? Yes, mm-hmm. she does. Do you go to cocktail bars? Yes. No. Yes. Well, then yes. you're not a cougar. No. <laughs> Wait a minute. Do cougars not tan? What are you no, talking about? No, I said about? do you tan on a regular basis. They're very tan. No, I have acrylic nails. Yeah, and you're none of those things. I kind of tan. No, wait a minute. She's all no, of those don't. things. What? Do you, no, stop. <laughs> she's not. You just did like a whole. You just did like a weird Jedi mind trick. That, that <laughs> that's wrong. She's all of it. She tans and uh, spends uh, time at places where they serve libations, acrylic nails. Oh wait, are you old? Well, no. I'm see, older. That's, see, but you're only two I'm years older than he 30. is. <laughs> but see, you can't start saying cougar forbid. now because then when you're like 40 and you're dating a guy who's 28, then you'll have no term to use. Maybe yeah. I'm just, I'm just uh, you know, confronting my cougar lifestyle already. Early. Well, that I would agree Are with. Are you a see, cougar in training? No, that that's, see, that well, see, I would it, agree it with. You're a cub. Un- it makes me feel uncomfortable because I've never, like, spent quality time with somebody who's younger than me. Ever. Ever. Yeah, your, your cultural reference points are two years off. 
Oh no. No, see, but that but that was my thing, but I'm I do I'm totally ageist. I don't know I don't know what's wrong with me. But I do agree that that's the, the cougar in training thing is totally right though because you as cougar in training. Yeah, I've said the uh, <laughs> I've said a few times that I think that I don't ever see you dating anybody your own age, really. I see you dating guys who are much older or guys who are younger. I don't really see you dating guys because here's the weird thing. I think you would always view guys your own age as being immature mm. for some reason. <laughs> but you know, this one is younger, but um but he is pretty like he doesn't act young. Yeah, but, then but I you did probably it, also give him leeway because you're like, he's younger than me, and yet he seems so you mature. You cut him some slack. Him some you're slack. so mature for your young age. I don't really cut a lot of people's slack. You're an old soul, hipster guy. Oh, yeah, that's what old yeah, we talk about his old soul. Uh, so uh, so I, yeah, that, that actually makes sense. If he's younger, then of course, like the bar, I'm not saying he's the not smart, but the bar is set lower because in your head, you're like, he's a younger man. And I could also yeah, see like you... A, yeah, when I've dated older men, like I expect more from them because they are older. And I could see you, uh, because I know you like men who are uh, confident and have a strong sense of self, so I could see you uh, dating uh, a guy who's, you know, 10 years older than you are. I'm not saying, you know, maybe you're going to, maybe you're not, but I could see you doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but a guy who's... to derail your cougar in training. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I, I suppose. But uh, so, anywho, so you're with this guy, the hipster guy. Yeah. And you... <laughs> I know hipster boy. You uh, watched two movies. You watched Singles and you watched say uh, not say anything. Singles and Reality Bites. Yes, back to back. It was nineties. Oh wow! <laughs> and so you you brought Singles and he brought Reality Bites, which by the way it totally makes sense. And that is like if you'd uh-huh. asked me in a blind taste test who brought what. Um, I mean, a, a, I know you, but also just having met that guy, I knew that he would be the one bringing reality bites to the table. And he has it, but he has two copies of it, one on VHS and one on DVD. In case he loses one. Oh, no, 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 why? don't. That's my oh, backup copy. Be nice. <laughs> um, so is this because he claims reality bites is the definitive 90s film? He thinks film? it's the definitive 90s film. And I, and oh, whereas I think that singles is. But so we watched him back to back and then I was, I took some notes and of course I left him at home. All right. Uh, Kelly Clark, where do you fall on the big, uh, reality bites singles question? Absolutely singles. That's what I'm saying, right? That's what I think too. That's but the it. thing that I do like about reality bites is that it does seem a little more realistic because it has a lot more sex and a lot of smoking that's true you know cameron well cameron crow films uh, they always cameron crow films do two things they filter well they filter everything through what stephen king called um a a lens smeared with the grease of nostalgia uh (laughs) but like in almost famous you ever notice almost famous no one's ever high at all Mm -hmm. no one's ever doing drugs in that movie even though it's about a rock band and in all of his movies sex is very um even when it's complicated, it's sort of beautiful. Like, it's never just sort of grubby and awkward. Um, I, here's the thing about Reality Bites versus Singles. For me, even though Chris Cornell disagreed, just from my perspective, as a guy, just, just not a musician, but just a guy who was living, um, you know, in Washington, near Seattle, in, you know, like that era, 91, 92, um, Singles rings really true to me, uh, it, it, just in a lot of ways. It does seem culturally, like, I, I knew... Mm. I mean, I knew all of those uh, people who were in that film just because there was a very kind of specific sort of attitudinal slant that it seemed like people had, not just in the Northwest, but in that particular period of time. Whereas Reality Bites to me seems like what some uh, woman working at a magazine somewhere thought those darn yeah, Gen exactly. Xers were like. It's That's a kind of satire. I yeah. always thought it was kind of a satire. And so in that way, but here's in a, in a weird way, though. Reality Bites is the most definitive 90s film, but not in the way they intended. In other words, it's not an accurate representation of the time, but it is a perfect it is a perfect time capsule of the media and how the media treated Gen Xers mm-hmm. and how the media viewed Gen Xers. And Kel and I are about the same age. Um, and so you remember that, how Gen Xers were on the cover of, 
oh, every yeah. magazine. Everything. And that's exactly how they viewed us, was how, in reality, by to like... You know, they like Janine Garofalo. Like it's like the, the slacker generation. The, the slacker generation and the like. Those sit around smoking out of a um, like don't care about politics. Don't care about social issues. You know, but but, but it, like everybody has to like the the uh, the fetishization of seventies culture, which mm-hmm. exists to some degree, but which everybody in that film see. It's like they mm-hmm. had to drop like a seventies reference about every forty seconds or something. Mm-hmm. So. And plus, I just I and I, I just can't get past uh, Ben Stiller in that movie. He's just See, so and Ethan Hawke unlikable. Bugs me in that uh, movie. There's nobody likable in reality by yeah. When Anna's character, Brider's character is like really weak. And that's, it's just it's really well, seriously. That's the, when you read when you watch Reality Bites, you're like, oh, you're Winona Ryder. Oh, you're you know you make uh, fun of people. It's like you could do a quiz on which one of those characters you are. Mm-hmm. Where singles is really truly, I think, like what you said. Are people that you knew, yeah, or people that you visited, and that's why it rings a little bit more true. And you know what? But personally, for, I like Heather, so there you go. There, that, <laughs> dude. Have you seen? Have you watched the the commentary for the movie Heather's? No, it's awesome. But I need I'll to bring right no, no, no. Now. I'll bring it in if you want to watch it. The commentary yeah. for Heather's is great because uh, we're a child-free people here on the Rick Emerson Show. I know some <laughs> people choose to have kids, and you know what? That's that's your boggle, friend. But um, we 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 don't have uh, children's here on this program. Mm-hmm. And here's, if you need, like, another reason not to have kids, you watch the commentary for the movie Heathers, which I think we can all agree is one of the great films of all time. Absolutely. Not just teen films. It's one of the great movies made in America. You listen to the commentary. There's three people. There's the writer, the director, and the producer. The producer and director have kids now. The writer does not have kids now. Mm-hmm. Guess which two of those three people now say they wouldn't make Heathers because they think it's probably irresponsible. Oh, please. That's what I'm talking about. Meanwhile, the writer who has no kids is like, F it. I'd still make it today. It's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. So there you go. All right. We'll uh, take a break. We'll come back after this. A little more from Kelly Clark. And Tim Riley will have news for you, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We want to talk about one of our uh, proud partners, Secret Aardvark Habanero Hot Sauce. Ladies and gentlemen, Secret Aardvark. You can find out more about it at secretaardvark.com. Sarah Dillon? I had some of it yesterday. Oh, I, you know. At a breakfast eatery. Dang me. I keep uh, meaning to bring. I have a bottle set aside for you and Tim. Because it is vegan as well, Tim. Well, I'm dying to try it. It's, uh, I'll bring it tomorrow. I'm sorry. I'll put it in my day planner. Uh, it's, it's really, uh, really very hot. <laughs> it, it, it is hot. I will say, and you know, look, and I'm not going to lie. If you're just like, you can't take hot stuff at all. And like, if you're, as my wife said, if you're a spice wimp, it's probably not for you. I mean, unless you want to sort of cut it down with something. But it's just, it it is, uh, it's got heat to it. It's got a real punch to it. But it's also really, really flavorful. And I did that. It was sort of great on top of great because Laura and I had gotten pizza. And there's that whole thing with anything Italian that is sort of better the second day. And so you put the pizza in the fridge, take it out. You don't put it in the microwave, put it in the toaster oven. But in the toaster oven, a little bit of secret aardvark on top, which I was actually, I was a little unsure of. Not that I don't love pizza, not that I don't love secret aardvark, but I just I, I just didn't know if the kind of combination would, would sort of work for me because it has this sort of southwestern vibe to it. And it was, it was really, really, really good, especially the second day. The pizza's in the fridge, and it's just, you know, anyway, it's just wonderful. You can find out more about it at secretardvark.com. You can find out where to sell it, or where they sell it. You can find out uh, where they serve it as well, restaurant-wise. It is a Caribbean southwestern-flavored habanero hot sauce. The recipe and the company are right here from Portland, so you can feel good about that. And they are a proud sponsor of this the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. Find out more at secretardvark.com. Secret Aardvark Habanero Hot Sauce. One sauce to rule them all. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Aaron Duran of geekinthecity.com, Seth McFarlane from Family Guy, and from the San Diego Zoo, Joan Embry.
Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. They've been rescued. A 50-something couple lost in the woods for two days. Dave and Mary Reitzel were lost in the woods in the Mount Hood area. Hikers found them distressed, disoriented, and hungry. Rescuers had trouble communicating with them due to the sound of the roaring water. They could see their mouths move, but nothing came out of it. The couple is uh, uninjured, but they were hungry. Then we have uh, Spider-Man 4. The script is to be ready within a few weeks, says Sam Raimi. But he admits that Spider-Man 4 will have to up the ante a little bit to beat Dark Knight. So we should hear more about that in a few days. We have a penis watch for you. Here's your penis watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Show. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start a melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. A Russian woman got so upset by the news that her boyfriend intended to leave her that she tied several firecrackers to his penis and exploded them. The 31-year-old victim known as Alec D. had lived with a woman whose name was reported as Kira V for two years. But when the girlfriend started suggesting that they should marry, the man refused and that he would rather be with his first wife. <laughs> oh, wow. Always refuse in as few words as possible. Well, that said Kira off. Uh, after a hearty meal and some heavy drinking, as they do in Russia, the girlfriend tied several firecrackers to Alec's penis and exploded them. The man was rushed to an intensive care unit. And doctors have reported uh, that he is fighting for his life. Even if the man uh, survives, the girl will face 12 years imprisonment in Russia. Who could I, live that long? I, <laughs> and the fact that, and that's from a Russian news source, is it yeah, not? And it so is. that even a Russian news source identifies it as, quote, heavy drinking, which really tells you something. That, speaking of upping the ante. And here's the other thing. And this is, uh, this is in all situations, job, life, person, doesn't matter. Get into the habit of answering a question in as few words as possible and not answering questions you weren't asked. So, for example, would you like to marry me, Anton? And then you say, no, not at this time. I would not. Don't say no, because I am still in love with my first wife. (laughs) Why, I would love to have some vodka. Thank you so much. It tastes odd. What is... So don't do that. There you go. There's your penis watch for Thursday. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start a melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. I'm sorry. No, that was me. I had a pun and I thought better of it. I was going to open my mouth to make a really bad pun about the story, but I thought, you know what? That's uh, I'm going to file that one away. We're going to put that in the uh, that'll be in the bonus material for later. Speak of things we don't need. After dealing with much uh, public scrutiny over her own weight loss, Jessica Simpson is now creating a television show that deals with the issue of self-image. God bless her. Oh. <sighs> How have we lived without it? I have no idea. By the way, uh, speaking of uh, self-image and uh, whatnot, uh, people ask me where this photograph of what's her name, uh, Amanda Madison. Is posted. Uh, that's at rickemerson.com. Amanda Madison is the female half of the let's stand on an overpass, uh, strip off our clothing, and throw rocks at passing cars couple uh, in Washington State. So I haven't bothered to put a photograph of the boyfriend because he's, he's greasy and unlikable. Uh, I put a photo of Amanda Madison who uh, is, she's just, uh, she's bad news is what they used to say about girls uh, like this. And you can just, uh, you can just tell. And you know she's Mandy Madison. You I, I, Did you find, does she have like a MySpace oh, page? No, I, a, I found uh, one, but it was private and there wasn't a She picture. looks like Poison Ivy 6. That's only for people who want to play the Hold sex on. game. The Here's the thing about, about this photograph of her. 
And you really nailed it, Sarah. When he said, it's like, how can her eyes simultaneously be so dead and blank <laughs> and yet bore into my soul? That's the thing. It's just very, like, I have to I close the window after a while. Yes, I, I'm closing I, it. I sort of feel like she's controlling my actions. After, like, if I well, leave that is, window open. You have her on your page with the headline that says, I think she's hot. I, oh she controlled you. My God! Mm. It's all so clear to me now. You're her puppet. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley at the news desk. Uh, so should we do this last shaving tip? Do we have oh, time? Oh, yes. Is this the... Um, yes, yes. It's well, very everyone needs to be educated. Well, I mean, this is this is health. <laughs> I mean, this is the series. This does... It this does this in school. This yeah. falls under the category of health and science and human wellness and care for one's body, which is a vessel of Jesus. Absolutely. Uh, we are operating in the public interest, convenience, and necessity here on the Rick Emerson Show as mandated by the Federal Communications uh, Commission. So Gillette... Which is a company that makes razor blades, is, is going after untapped markets, so to speak. Then they're saying perhaps guys would like to shave more than what's on their face. Oh. So we've already played the video for the armpit, the head. <laughs> we don't have time to pay the uh, tip for shaving the back or the chest. Uh, <laughs> if you're shaving your back, there's no hope for you. That's the thing. That's, I mean, there's that's just, correct. It's, it's pointless. So moving down the, uh, the list of the uh, areas <laughs> of the body that they thought that people might be interested in shaving... Uh, would leave us at the groin, and uh, Gillette has put together this video on educational video. Now we right. may yes. how how long is this whole video? Uh, this is very about, serious. Uh, a minute. All right. We'll only play a little clip from it. How All to right. uh, shave the uh, groin? Taking care of the hair down there certainly has its benefits. You might say when there's no underbrush. What is the the, the, the like Flintstone forward. sound effect in the background? The there? Think about the unique topographical features under your hood. With the right tools, like a Gillette feature. Talking about men? He's talking about razors. Oh. Yeah, there was a silhouette image. First things first. Ah. Trim, lather up with some shave gel, (laughs) and ensure you're using a fresh blade. Pull your skin taut and as flat as possible. Ah. Oh, no. Ah. Use short, light strokes. Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. Are we still talking about shaving? Are we talking about shaving? We're talking about shaving, This image right now. Well, I, I just froze it. And, and it's like this weird, it's a, it's, a, it's a weird sort of happy animated yeah, guy. Yeah, it's a blue cartoon man. Using short, quick Using strokes. Quick yes. strokes. Shaving. Well, he has the knowledge to make him regions. Feel a little freer. So we you know, should leave it at that. You know, the, I, I mean. If you're interested, do it. We can't <laughs> stop let me just Let me just say, you know what this is like? This is like, and people don't really remember this, uh, in the mid-80s, there was this ill-fated line of uh, colognes that were put out for men's. Um, High karate? No, they're for their low karate, Tim, oh. if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and I think you do. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Uh, there were actually, there were two. Calvin Klein put one out, and then there was uh, some other. But they, one was called, one was called Below the Belt, and I'm not making this up. And the other one, Calvin Klein put out a nether region cologne for men. And I'm not talking about like some sort of a, like a, 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 like a Febreze thing for if you've got some sort of issue that's causing like a, a funk i mean like it's an actual like cologne uh and calvin klein was just called it was calvin klein's men's other cologne it was called and they put it out and then they were just astonished that nobody bought it and it's just a it's a strange thing in, in this culture that we go through little little hiccups like that where there was something they thought was a was a really really good idea what they smell like they smell like roses <laughs> or spicy clove that's true. What was it a man? Want? What was, you want the scent yeah, to smell that's like down there? Good a man's question. nether regions to smell like flowers. Cupcakes? Cupcakes, Stop. maybe. Stop. Ooh, tobacco and Shh. vanilla. Look over like there. what I'm hearing. Okay, keep looking that way. Okay. 
Helen Clark from Willamette Week, uh, ladies and gentlemen, reader in print in the Willamette Week uh, or online at wweek.com. Uh, we want to thank CNN radio correspondent No One. Because I'm saying that out of habit, and yet there was nobody from CNN today. Well done, Rick Emerson. Uh, I want to thank Allison Lohman from Drag Me to Hell. Opens tomorrow. Uh, director Todd Phillips, director of The Hangover, which opens June 5th. We want to thank Don Rawich, who's the, uh, one of the co-creators of Oregon Trail. That interview will be up at uh, KUFO.com later, and Kelly Clark. Join us tomorrow when our guests include Aaron Geek in the City, uh, Duran, and Seth McFarlane from Family Guy. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO. Uh, the news from Tim Riley and the phones. Greg Nibbler of the Niblonians. The gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Don't F with me Reynolds Executive producer Chris uh, Christopher J. Paddock Coming up at 9 It just smells like the 90s With our good friend Buzz Thank you for listening It is May 28, 2009 And that is the frequency Kenneth See you tomorrow Thank you for listening Bye Attention broadcasters In the greater Portland area Your daily show prep Is now concluded Thank you for listening KUFO Portland